Welcome to the Lost Lowdown, podcast number 26, with your host Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? We are here today with our uh, podcast about episode 315, Expose, which everyone was exposed in this episode. The title, everyone. the title had a lot of meanings. Charlie was exposed. Nikki was exposed. Her breasts were exposed. Well, I mean, almost um, everything. I think it, it had a. It's one of those things that the writers like to do with those double meanings, or multiple meanings. Right, and of course, it was also the TV show. Yeah, yeah, the TV show. Um, a lot of things. <laughs> It's, I guess it's really just one of those words that really fits on the show because they expose a lot of things every episode, really. So, mm-hmm. we find out a lot of stuff, a lot of really interesting things. This episode was almost like a mini, the other forty-eight days. You know, it was it was you know flashback heavy, and it gave us a chance to see what was going on from a different perspective. Right. Uh, definitely wasn't as good as another forty-eight days, but yeah. how could you beat that? You can't beat that. Um, you, it's impossible. Unless, I mean, yeah. They, I guess that maybe they could have done something to beat it, but these characters didn't have a chance. Yeah, didn't have a chance. And didn't monopolize on the chance they had. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when I, you know, obviously everyone knows that there's this whole percentage of Lost fans out there who just really hate Nikki and Paolo, and, uh, you know, we're no exception. Uh, and and it's I think it's really interesting to have uh, characters just so you know vilified throughout their entire existence on a show, and it's really you know you know like we've talked about before when 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 they just popped out of nowhere, it was like you know they didn't seem to deserve to be on the on the show. Everyone right. else had sort of earned it. Even the crappier characters still put in their time, you know. And then here come these guys, these two, you know. Um, Crazies, and we're supposed to just like take them seriously. And then in this episode, which you know Carlton and Damon pretty much explicitly said, you know, this is the episode where we're, you know, we'll find out about Nikki and Paolo, and then uh, presumably, you know, be interested in them. Something that can help ground us and why these characters are on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't sort of pull through. I, at the end of the episode, I was like, "That's it? Are you are you serious?" Like. You know, and then of course I'm sure there were plenty of people who were jumping up for joy when uh, when Nikki and Paula were apparently buried alive. Um, but you know, I didn't really like that. I didn't really like that ending um, for various reasons. I guess we'll talk about later. Um, how did you yeah. feel, how did you feel about the episode? Uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I wanted to point out a uh, a lot of people actually really hated um, Anna Lucia in season two. Uh, oh, that's got, true. Uh, that's true. She got like a lot of, and I I hated her initially too. But the thing you have to get to Anna Lucia is that she had a lot of screen time to develop her character, and you know she she had a personality, you know whether you liked it or not. And these characters basically didn't have identities um, until this episode, so mm-hmm. I wasn't quite ready to totally judge them until I knew who they were because it didn't seem like they really had a chance to. You know, Anna Lucia, you hated because of who she was. But these people, you hated, and you just didn't even know who they were. Yeah, but you know? I think I think what what also got me was the fact that what little screen time Nick and Paolo did have before this episode, it was all crappy. 
You know, yeah. it's not like they gave him a chance to be like really interesting or funny or or you know something like that during those little bits that they had. They just not not only did we not see them or know who they were, but when we did see them, they just were crappy. Right. You know, and then uh, we get more crap in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I thought this episode was very much reminiscent of like a maybe a Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh, that ending! Oh my god, it was so yeah. Tales from the Crypt. The way it was constructed, yeah, it was just like you know the what they did, you know, and how they ended up, you know, being buried alive. Like it's just this classic, like yeah, you know, old school kind of, um, you know, with uh, with jealousy and you know, yeah, because. And, yeah, I mean, in the end, the bad guys get something bad, to hap- you know, that happens to them, and right. you don't, you know, you don't care too much because they're bad, right? You know, and it's yeah, it's totally tells from the crypt, yeah. Yeah, that's what it uh, uh, reminded me. There's also this uh, Stephen King short story uh, called "Autopsy Room 4 about this uh, about this golfer guy who uh, gets bitten by this snake that you know puts him in essentially the state that they're in. And he ends up on the operating table. He sort of wakes up on the operating table and realizes he can't move. And anyway, that's the whole short story. Yikes. So, kind of similar to this. Uh, it was, an, that it was an operation table or an autopsy table? Autopsy table. Oh, okay, because they what were... What did I say? You said, I think you said operating table or something. Operating table. Yeah, no. I'm not in the, in the autopsy room. Nice. Number four. And yeah, Number four. Mm. They're about to do the autopsy and he wakes up and... And whatever he can't move, obviously. So that uh, actually happened in an episode of Heroes, very very similar with uh, Claire, who you know she can her body can he- regenerate itself and heal all all wounds, and she gets uh, she gets attacked and she gets um, she falls to the ground and this this huge piece of like wood this you know branch or something like you know pierces her skull and she's apparently dead. And so she gets taken to the host- to the to the you know to the hospital and then to the morgue and uh, and the the autopsy person you know pulls out the stick which sort of stops her from being dead and then her body like heals herself so when she wakes up her chest is like split open and mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy pretty similar thing and also uh, for another lost reference there was that subplot um, or that backstory from Question Mark where uh, Echo was investigating that. Uh, you know that girl, the kid of uh, the daughter of the mm-hmm. psychic who drowned, and she she ended up like coming alive on the on the autopsy table also. Yeah, uh, in the middle of uh, the, the autopsy. The, now it's sort of it's sort of similar to uh, when Ben woke up during his surgery. Oh yeah, <laughs> and everybody's waking up when they should be dead or unconscious. Yeah, no, I like I. I, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if this episode really does anything, but I, on its own, like, I liked it. I enjoyed how yeah. it manipulated me, and uh, and I, I found it to be entertaining. I enjoyed all the, like, meta dialogue and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, very reminiscent of what they used to do in season two, and uh, just, like, very overtly commenting on, like, what the episode is about. In mm-hmm. a way. And that was kind of cool, and... Uh, yeah, no, I like. I really liked the ending. I found it satisfying, like not because I'm rejoicing because they died. Like I just liked the way it played out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoyed the the revelation that like they, the fact that they were dead was shocking enough to me. But then, oh, maybe they're not dead, and then oh, they're really not dead, but they're buried alive. I don't know. I I liked how that played out. It was it was it was nice. Yeah. 
in terms of lost, um, I don't know, you know, it's, they could probably leave this out of the season. And, and actually, um, I listened to the official podcast this week, and uh, I think maybe I, um, at some point, maybe towards the end, I should say something about what they said about this uh, this episode and Nikki and Paolo in general. Yeah, um, could, I. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that they're somehow going to be back on the show. It just, it just seems it just seems like a waste. It just seems like if this is where their story ends, there is really no point. Yeah. Um, they really didn't make any big contributions to their time in the island. Mm-mm. So I feel like somehow they're coming back. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I did like, I, when I first watched it, I did like the ending. I, I definitely liked how the story played out. But um, I, I just thought, you know, being buried alive was was just too cruel, you know, just sort of too cruel for for Lost and just in general that it's, you know, it's worse than getting shot, you know, it's it's you're tortured before you die. Oh yeah. And uh, and I didn't really like how, you know, I'll I'll just go ahead and sort of blame the editing. I just didn't like how it seemed like Nikki woke up, you know, pretty much after the first, you know, shovel of dirt on her. Yet she wasn't able to like say anything or or move where they could you know notice before they piled six feet of dirt on top of her. Yeah, you know, I thought that I thought that just came off weird, and I'll and I'll, I'll assume it's just a sort of editing thing. Yeah, that maybe you know maybe her eyes opened or something like. That. I just feel like they would have saw that you know if, if she would have mm-hmm. done anything, they would have saw it because I thought that's what they were gonna do. You know, her eyes open just in time. Mm-hmm. And she says no, and then like they stop, and then like everybody, you know, um, and then we can have this episode and have them do more stuff later. But right. I don't, I don't know how. I mean, they've got to be dead. I mean, six feet of dirt, you know. Oh, even yeah. if, even if they could scream, what you you wouldn't hear it, and they mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to get them out in time. So yeah, no, I'm firmly convinced they're dead. Um, uh, just based on this episode, but. Uh, I thought, like, that shot of her opening her eyes, um, like, I really liked it, but, yeah, it does, it does play out like she she opened her eyes too soon um, yeah. for them not to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I liked the shot, so, like, that was effective, even if it's kind of not realistic. Yeah, to me, it kind of, it, it, it seemed that, like the shot was supposed to be more psychological, more of yeah. her, her, like, awareness of what's going on than, like, her eyes really opened. Yeah. Maybe that's the right way to take it. Because her eyes were only closed because Sawyer closed them. Otherwise, yeah. her eyes would have been open. And You're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. But, uh, all right, let's get into the episode here. Um, first scene, we have Nikki running, breakneck speed through the jungle. You know, it's it's one of those classic ways Lost likes to start some of their episodes with, you know, somebody doing something action-oriented because it's great. It really hooks the audience. Um, and then... Uh, we see her stop to uh, bury something, and then we have our first flashback. Uh, we see Nikki on stage um, as Corvette, uh, this stripper in this uh, fairly sleazy cub, and um, and then she notices a guy walking in uh, at the back of the room, and she goes in to follow him, and and then we get our first glimpse that. No, Nikki is not a real stripper. She's an actress on a TV show. Um, this is, to me, one of the funniest scenes <laughs> in a very long time. Uh, you know, when she comes in and she sees... You know, when I first saw all that money in the case, I was like, wow, that's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then when she's like, that's the money for the orphanage, I'm like, 
that's really ridiculous. <laughs> and then she like called him the Cobra, and I'm like, okay. And I think by yeah. then the music started playing or something, and mm-hmm. it was pretty obvious what was going on. But I love when you know she's like, oh, that means you're the Cobra, Mister Lashard, you know. And um, and then the the like hired muscle, you know, tries to attack her, and she goes razzle dazzle. That that to me uh, was like one of the funniest things ever. Oh, actually, uh, hold on for one second. Razzle dazzle. There it is. Razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah, that was unbelievable. Like when she said that's the money for the orphanage, I uh, that's when they lost me as far as believing that this was real. Uh huh. Like I instantly thought, okay, she's doing like a movie or something. I didn't necessarily think TV show initially, but whatever. You know, basically the idea occurred to me. Like, she's filming something here. This is too silly. Yeah. But when she said razzled. Man, I, you know, you know, every, you know, different, different actors have, you know, and different characters get sort of free passes by doing something, you know, cool or something. You know, and, and honestly, I gave, I, Nikki has a pass from me. I can never truly hate her ever again because she said razzle-dazzle. <laughs> and not only that, like, the way she says it, like, it's like, razzle-dazzle. Like, mm-hmm. it's so, so, like, cartoon, ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, um, man, she really, she really got me with that. I, I listened to that a lot. Like, razzle-dazzle. <laughs> Like, I don't, we don't need to discuss this for too long, but, like, what, this show is crazy, first of all. Second of all, like, why did, is that, like, do you think that's supposed to be a thing that they say on the show, like, all the time? Or was that some weird distraction thing? Or, like, what, why would she say that? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, you know, sort of a word she uses when she's attacking. You know, it's sort of like a, the idea that she's say, saying that word is part of her, you know, attack, you know. Okay. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be sort of reminiscent, at least I thought of, like, the old Batman show where, you know, mm-hmm. bam, boom, kapam, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, and, I, and that, of course, I don't know if, like, it's supposed to be Corvette's, like, signature line or if, like, you know, I guess it would make more sense if that's just sort of her line and then the other, you know, Autumn and... Um, who is it? Autumn and oh, Autumn and Crystal, who Crystal. are the main characters. You know, maybe they have their own line. But uh, man, razzle dazzle! It's it's gold. It's gold. It is indeed. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the that was the best thing. I think we said that off podcast. That was uh, oh, we didn't say this off podcast, but I think it's the best uh, the best thing since Jack's line about Sawyer. Oh. Uh, when he's like, uh, yeah, Kate, I'd love to go check Sawyer out, but we, we both know all I'm going to get for my trouble is a snappy one-liner, and if I'm real lucky, a brand new nickname. That was probably one of the best things Jack ever oh, said. Oh, Jack. Yeah, he'll never beat that. Well, um, I want to mention, just for all you people out there, I, I considered saying razzle-dazzle in the intro to this um, podcast, but decided against it because I thought it might be too silly. But nice. I almost did it. You know, that would have been really funny uh, if you did that. It was going to be with your host, Cloud and Justin. Razzle Dazzle! Nice. <laughs> you should have done that. That would have been hilarious. I don't know. I, uh, at the last minute, I chickened out, I guess. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine how funny that would have been. Go back and edit it in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> we recommend Audacity for editing your... All right. 
So, you know, blah, blah, blah. This scene plays out like it should, you know. She knocks the guy out, but then she gets shot by Billy D. Williams, who is playing um, Mr. Lashard, a.k.a. the Cobra. Mm-hmm. Or I should say, the Cobra, a.k.a. Mr. Lashard. Perhaps, yeah. Um, and then Autumn and Crystal come in, and uh, uh, in a, uh, what I think was an interesting little twist, uh, the Cobra basically says that... Uh, or Mr. Lashard says that, uh, you know, Ottoman, to, to Ottoman Crystal, that Corvette was working for the Cobra. So not only did he, did he kill, you know, their friend and their, you know, ally, he, you know, basically said she was working for the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I personally want to believe that uh, some elements of this show, expose, Uh-oh. are reflective of what's going on on Lost in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a couple, you know, I, I I was trying to think of how that could be. I mean, one of the biggest things is the idea that someone, you know, you are working with um, turns out to be a bad guy, and particularly in this instance, the head bad guy. Yeah. You know, and to me, the sort of analogous thing to that for for loss would be if, you know, which is, I think, preposterous, but if we found out, for instance, that Jacob is really Jack. Yeah. You know, which I tried to rationalize how that could be true, and there really isn't any good way that could be true unless Jack just doesn't know that he's Jacob. Mm-hmm. Some sort of split personality thing. And, like, Shepard isn't even on Jacob's list. I mean, that'd be kind of weird if he is Jacob. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You would have to factor into the idea that not everybody knows what Jacob even looks like. Yeah, okay. So, I don't buy that, but, I, you know, I think I think something like that might be going on. You know, they, they in this episode, they hint at the idea that Nikki and Paolo were working for the others, mm-hmm. uh, which we, we find out, of course, that they, you know, why you know how they got the walkie-talkie, right? Um, but I think they might still the writers might still be hinting that uh, somebody's working with the others. I can definitely see like, you know, I mean, obviously Michael did it. I can see them doing that again, and yeah. it can be one of those things. Next week on Lost, someone is a traitor. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, yeah, it could just be someone we implicitly trust, and not necessarily Jack, but yeah, you know, someone we think like. We would never even consider should be working for the others. You know? I'm looking at you, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Rose is Jacob. <laughs> that's that's my crackpot theory of the week. Nice. I'm going to say Vincent is Jacob. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. Uh, Vincent. Um. Okay, so... The scene wraps, and you know everyone claps for uh, for Nikki. She's she's done. It's basically she has just filmed the the uh, season finale of uh, Expose, and uh, we get the I, we get the sense that she was a guest star. Um, presumably, she had a a, a couple of episodes. Um, yeah. And uh, we find out that she's you know dating uh, the director Howard, and. Um, you know, a little May-December romance there. Oh, yeah. Or more like... May-December. January-December. January-December of the next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> long way away. Um, so, and then, of course, we find out she's in Sydney, and, you know, that's that's why she's in Sydney before 
she gets on the plane. Right. Um, the next scene, we have Hor- uh, Sawyer and Hurley playing ping pong, which I was really hoping they would never go back to. But, but uh, I think they did the golf thing twice. Yep. They showed it twice, and I think the third time they had like a casual reference. Yep. So hopefully this is the second time they'll show the ping pong, and then later we'll get like a casual reference to the ping pong. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we'll never have to actually see it again. Hopefully. I mean, I can't imagine them really playing another game like they did last. I mean, what would be the point? No. And, the th- I mean, even the even when they have the full game, we barely saw any of it. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't had to sit through too much of it. But I could see it, like, playing in the background or something the next time, and then, like, never again. Yeah. Um, Hurley's, of, of course, winning because he is really good at ping pong. And then Nikki runs out of the jungle all frantic and passes out as she says something that we hear as para eyes oh or, boy. you know, that whole thing. Um, and then Hurley pronounces that Nikki's dead. And then um, Sawyer says, who the hell is Nikki? Mm-hmm. Which was one of the many times in this episode uh, he really irked me with, with something like that. Um, we are, you know, he said that before, you know, a couple episodes ago, you know, during the ping pong, speaking of ping pong, during the ping pong tournament, when Nikki, you know, protests that uh, what Sawyer's playing for is not even his, you know, he says, mm-hmm. who the hell are you? Which, of course, as we talked about, it was, you know, the writer sort of uh, nodding to what the fans were saying. Uh, but they didn't get, you know, again, Sawyer says, you know, who the hell is Nikki? And, you know, it's obvious that Hurley's talking about this dead girl right here. Um, so that was the first time that he irked me with that, and then he did it like two more times in the episode. I, I, so I don't know what's going on with that. Do you have any idea why uh, they kept making Sawyer so unaware who Nikki and Paula were? I it was it was meta dialogue. I mean, they really liked that, I guess, and just wanted to run. I like I liked it in that part because having having him say, "Who the hell's like, dude? Nikki's dead. Who the hell's Nikki?" Cut like. It was to me. It was nice because it sort of underscores the fact that we barely care about these characters, and oh, they're dead. Who, who can Who are they? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I thought it worked, even though Sawyer shouldn't say it that much. But like that, in that particular instance, I thought it was a nice, uh, nice touch. I mean, I'll buy it in this one because specifically because like when he said, "Who the hell are you?" I don't. I don't think she said, "I'm Nikki." You know. So I don't know if he ever got an answer to that his question before. Uh, but uh, I don't know. After spending more than eighty days on an, on an island, you know, with, with these people, and you know, I, I feel like he would, especially after this, that she's dead. He would he would know what her name was, and I, I felt like they were going overboard. Maybe it's just like you know Sawyer's nickname thing. They just to me they just like overused it. They were just like you know, con- and, you know, he was saying the wrong names. You know, when he did try to say the name, and then like, I, I don't know. I just thought it was. It was so much that I thought they were making a bigger point than just, like, the fans don't care about them, you know. Which, right. in, an, which in an episode where we're, we're supposed to be caring about them and are about to find out about them, that seems to be a weird point to try to try to keep driving home. Oh, you guys don't care about these, you know, Nikki and Paula. You don't care about them. You don't care about them. But you guys want us to care about them because we're watching an episode about them. So mm-hmm. just thought that was weird. Um... So the next scene, we have Nikki and Howard eating breakfast, um, and we find out that Paolo is Howard's chef, um, and that he, you know, basically begged for the job every single day um, until he was hired. 
um, which later we find out uh, that's all part of the con that's going on here. Um, we find out that Howard was married, um, and um, we find out, I think later we find out um, some other stuff, uh, some other stuff about Howard, and yeah, it's in the airport scene. Um, so, Howard uh, ends up dying, and uh, Nikki grabs the key from his neck, and, uh, you know, we basically find out these, you know, that Paolo poisoned him, and that they are after something very valuable. Um, like I said, she grabs a key from his neck, and then they go, the next scene, um, they open a safe in the back, and they find these, uh, this Russian nesting doll, and um, inside it is diamonds, which... Um, which I, I thought was very, um, what's the word? Not cliche, even though it is cliche, but, like, almost like, you know, like you were saying with the ending, you know, or sort of with the episode in general being, like, the twi- being, like, um, Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the diamonds were, like, you know, just like, just like expose was really sort of cliche and, like, zany. Like, the yeah. idea that they're after diamonds sort of, you know, even though it's sort of cliche, it sort of falls in line with what they're doing. Right. You know, like they're doing all this for diamonds. Oh, how, you know, how boring. But it's it's right. it seems to be in line with how they're sort of writing, you know, uh, the different plot lines in the episode. Yeah, the tone of the episode is very. Um, it's a the the whole tone of the episode is very strange. It's like there there really hasn't been an episode like this before. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to point out that uh, Wolf King Puck of Brazil line, which was like one of the most ridiculous um, metal lines I think in the episode. Like finding a way to work in that whole Tom Cruise of Brazil thing. Oh, what's the Tom Cruise of Brazil thing? The thing, the thing I've been reading about uh, Rodrigo Santoro ever since I heard he was joining the show was that he's he's the Tom Cruise of Brazil. Uh, like that's that just like every that's every article I read about him joining the show said that, and so that was like that was the thing that was following him around, and uh, so yeah, so when he calls him the Wolfgang Puck of Brazil, that was a uh, you know a reference to that. Hmm. So um, I guess if you weren't aware of it, it didn't really <laughs> do much for you, but uh, it was really shocking to me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't remember that, but uh, I thought he was just basically saying how. You know, I mean, obviously, he is trying to say how good he is as a chef. Um, I thought it was sort of weird that he was that good of a chef, um, and I, maybe he's exaggerating. I don't know, but uh, I, I, I just wonder. You know, we don't really know too much about their backstories. You know, besides you know this little escapade in Australia, um, and I wonder if he really was a chef. You know, was his full time job a chef, or did he go to culinary school and all that kind of stuff? You know, uh, which I guess if they really wanted to do, we could find out one day. You know, more, more about their backstory before they got to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, the next scene, uh, we're back at the beach. Uh, son Charlie Hurley and Sawyer are with Nikki, and they're trying to figure out what happened to her. Um, Hurley, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out what sh- what she said, and Hurley says, "Oh, Paolo lies. Paolo lies." And then I think we get uh, uh, Sawyer's other line here. Who is Paolo? You know, um, and they, you know, this is the first sort of bit of misdirection here about what's going on, and uh, you know, surrounding their deaths, and we sort of wonder if Paolo has something to do with it. Um, 
the next scene we have Nikki and Paolo at the airport in the flashback. Um, they're reading Howard's obituary, and we learn his full name was Howard L. Zuckerman, uh, and he um, worked on uh, created Expose, Strike Team Alpha, and Doctor Kincaid Esquire. All very sort of B TV shows mm-hmm. sounding, you know. Doctor Kincaid Esquire, I'd love that. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Kincaid, Esquire, PhD, MD, like, I don't know. Got a lot, it seems like he's doing a lot there. Um, and we find out that he died, uh, from heart failure, um, so presumably whatever Paolo poisoned him with, uh, caused the, uh, autopsy to, uh, make it appear that, that, uh, it was heart failure. So, which is good, so that basically means that the police aren't after them, they're not fugitives, you know, like Kate, um... So they pull off their heist, you know, fairly well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we learn that uh, Apollo has quit smoking and he's starting to chew uh, nicotine gum. You know, which of course they're setting up for, you know, this whole thing with the bag and the diamonds. Uh, then in comes our two favorite people, Boone and Shannon. Uh, of course, Shannon is berating Boone about something really meaningless. Uh, they can't, you know, find a seat down there in the little courtyard area, and um, and Shannon, <laughs> I just love when Shannon's just like Boone, Boone, Boone. She just like, man, you just want to slap her, you know, like shut up. Uh, it's it's great. It's nice to see Shannon. <laughs> Shannon at her best, uh, doing what she does so well, and uh, Boone goes up to. Uh, I almost called him Rodrigo. <laughs> he goes up to Paulo and, uh, you know, asks to borrow the chair. And Shannon's just like, forget it, let's just go. And um, this was this was sort of a meaningless, uh, you know, cameo, this scene, having them together here at the airport. Um, now, one of the things for those who uh, listen to the official podcast, um, well, the last, not the most recent one, but the one before that, Carlson and Damon said that uh, the, the, quote, gay lost character would be in this episode. Um, but they also said the character won't, won't, of course, be like, hey, I'm gay. Um, so I think there's there's two possibilities of who that character is in, in, in this episode. Uh, did you, who, do you, who do you think it is, Justin? Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, I don't really know, but... The one that I've read about is uh, Boone, based mm-hmm. on this line that uh, Shannon has. Yeah, I mean, of course, um, Shan- Shannon tells him, you know, after he asked the, asked for the for, asked for the chair from um, Paolo, you know, oh come on, you know, stop if you weren't you know flirting with random guys, blah blah blah, and of course, she's apparently made similar comments before. Um, yeah, she she intimated some kind of relationship between him and Locke. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in season one. Yeah. Um, I never took her seriously. I thought she was just, you know, saying that to be a bitch. Yeah. Well, you know, I, um, you know, I, the first thing I really noticed Ian Somerhalder in was, uh, Rules of Attraction, in which he, he did play a gay character, or Mm -hmm. bisexual at the least, and so I really can't, I, that's really, I mean, how I, how I see him, and, uh, when I, when I first saw him in, in Lost, I thought he was sort of gonna do another character like that, and then when Shannon did say that about him and Locke, I'm like, oh, well, maybe they are going that way with him, 
but then, of course, you know, he had the whole thing where he, you know, really was in love with Shannon, and of course, they had sex. So you wonder how that factors into everything, right? Um, I don't so, personally. I, I mean, I guess you know he could just be bisexual, or maybe it's just Shannon and no other, you know, girls or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't think you know, you know, if a guy has sex with one woman, that 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 means that he's you know straight forever, or like it sort of negates that if he's you know it is gay. So uh, no, I, I agree. Yeah, and I think I think his thing with Shannon was very specific. Um, you know, I think there was more going on than just, like, a, a, a physical attraction, you know. I think there was this, like, weird emotional and, uh, you know, mental thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I guess most people probably think it's Boone. I think it's somebody else. Um, yes, that I will bring up later. Is this a teaser? It's a teaser, mister. Oh, dear. Well, I'll have to keep listening. It's a teaser pleaser. Um, yeah, keep listening and find out, um, <laughs> I feel like this is like a morning talk show. When we come back from commercial break, Claude's going to tell us who he thinks the gay character. This Can episode, I guess who you think it is? Yes. Paulo. No. Although, um, I did, I did sort of think, that, you know, when I first saw Apollo, I mean, I guess I just think everyone's gay. <laughs> You're gay until <laughs> proven innocent. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I asked that about Apollo, um, you know, when I first saw him. And then, of course, he's got the whole thing with Nikki. I don't think Paulo is the gay one uh, at all, no. Okay. I don't either, but Good I, guess, it was though. just a guess. Good guess. No, that's a, that's a value guess. Value guess? That's weird. Why did I say that? Who else can I guess? Let me think. Oh, no more guessing. Guessing time's okay. over. <laughs> yeah, you had one guess, buddy. Okay. I would have chosen more wisely. No, I wouldn't have. Anyway. All right. Next scene, um, flashback. It's right after the plane crash on the beach. Shannon's screaming. Nikki's running around looking for Apollo. Uh, we see, you know, Jack helping people in rows, you know, sort of unconscious and locked, you know, the whole the whole thing we all remember from uh, the beginning of season one. Yeah. And I'd like to give a round of applause to the editors and effects artists for pretty much seamlessly integrating this new footage with the old footage. Um, I I was I really bought a lot of those shots when I'm like, I know Nikki's not there. She wasn't there, you know, when they really shot this. But uh, they did a really good job making it seem like uh, she was really there and then interacting and being part of, you know, that sort of, uh, the little timeline of events there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I could see, like, you know, like, Boone and Shannon's hair are both different. Oh, from, yeah, yeah. From what they were. And, like, I could tell the old footage, like, Jen's hair is short, too. Like, yeah, uh, I th- like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's old. weird. It is weird because I, 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 it was a good chance to get to see the old how they used to look and how they look now. You know, close together. And yeah. yeah, everybody, everybody looks random. You know, radically different. Yeah, Locke kind of looks different too. It's a, it's all I don't know. Yeah, but it, it was pretty good overall. I, I think, um, yeah, it was nicely done. And I guess it was good that they decided to use some of the old footage because it sort of ties it together, together better than. Than to just like shoot all new scenes and yeah, you know, exactly. try to convince us that those were the original. Because man, if they made any mistake, you know, people would be like, "Oh, look at this." Okay, you know, or if not necessarily a mistake, but like something's different, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at this thing. We just found out that Baba, you know, did this too. You know, he's supposed to be over here helping Rose, and now he's over here doing this. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? And yeah, I think they they made a wise decision. Um, we'll let them keep their jobs for another week. Um. So yeah, we're we're hey, we're gentlemen. Uh, Nikki ends up finding Paolo, and he's staring at the beach uh, out into the ocean, sort of uh, in shock, of course. And next scene, we got Jen Hurley and Sawyer. They, they're they chasing through the jungle, and they find Paolo, and he's apparently dead. Um, and one of the things that that struck me when they when they found Paolo was that, you know, um, his eyes were open, of course. Throughout the episode, we get these shots of Nikki and Paolo with their open eyes, and uh, it just really dawned on me that it seemed like if, if they had really died, you know, their eyes would be closed, you know, generally speaking. Um, so I thought that was plus it was just really creepy <laughs> to see them with uh, to see them staring out blankly like that. All those different mm-hmm. shots was really really nicely done. But um, you know, I was also thinking that uh, you know it's too bad Arns got blown up because if he was around, he might have been able to deduce uh, that they were paralyzed. Um, wow. You know, because he knows about what the spider can do. Oh yeah. Um, since he's the one who told her what it can do. Indeed. Um, but too bad he's blown into chunks out near the Black Rock. Yeah. Um, so, um, Sawyer, you know, says, uh, you know, I'm guessing that's Paulo when they, when they find him. And, um, and again, I thought to myself, you know, after 80 days, you've never heard the name Paulo. Like, I don't know. Just, I don't know. I guess it just bugged me that he was that... Unaware, I don't know. I like to think he's smarter than that, or, or more in tune with what's going on. Yeah. Uh, the next scene is uh, continuation. Uh, they find uh, Paulo that that Paulo's pants are undone, and that uh, uh, his shoe is in a tree. And uh, it's one of those classic, you know, murder scenes where you know things are, are sort of weird and strange. Then later you you find out how it happened, and it's usually you know pretty uh, pretty sort of mundane and, and normal, you know. Like why would his pants be undone? Why is a shoe in a tree? And then, mm-hmm. and then you find out later why, and it's like, oh yeah, that's really easy. you know, that's really simple. It makes sense, mm-hmm. and and I like those little revelations because it's it, you know it's nice to see how something happened, but then they show you you know the aftermath first. Um. So uh, Jen goes you know to grab uh, Paulo's water, and Sawyer stops him and pours it out, and I, you know I really hate to think. Jin was really just going to go take a drink. Uh, but I guess that's the idea. He was just, oh, this guy's dead. I'm thirsty. and um, But he pours it out, and then Hurley protests that he's, you know, that's where he's messing up the crime scene and the evidence. And uh, and then Jin suggests that Smokey was the culprit, uh, was the one who killed uh, Apollo. Um, which, of course, in this episode, you know, almost every scene when they're... It, it's really like... <laughs> Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys or something team up with, like, Ghost Rider. I don't know, like, the kids from Ghost Rider. It's just, like, all these people trying to figure out this little murder mystery, you know, and everyone has their own theory and everyone, you know. And uh, it, it's, I don't know, it plays out like a little detective story. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to find clues and trying to think of, you know, motives and stuff like that. It's Yeah, it's a really weird episode. It's very strange, very strange. Um, so the next scene, flashback, Nikki and Paolo, uh, they're on the beach, they're sorting through all the luggage, uh, we find that, that at, uh, this point in this scene, it's been six days, 
then we get uh, a little cameo from our favorite other Ethan. Um, he comes out uh, wearing a Wisconsin sweatshirt. Uh, strangely, I don't know what the point of that was. Because um, uh, wait, Henry Gale was from Minnesota. Okay, I'm just trying to think of Wisconsin uh, connections, and uh, I, I couldn't think of any. But um, so he comes out, and basically he uh, gives them a, in my opinion, a very strange offer that if they need any clothes. Uh, he can get them some. <laughs> I don't know. That just came off really weird. Like, um, I, I just I don't know. It's just really. Hey, it's like, hey, if you need clothes, come to me. I'm the clothes man. Mm-hmm. Like, of all the things to say, um, yeah. What he goes? Uh, Did you lose your y- luggage? Yeah, I lost mine too. I found some other stuff though. So if you need anything, pants or a sweatshirt, I can help you find something that that'll fit. You know, it's just weird. Just comes off creepy, like okay. yeah, definitely creepy. I don't want any clothes that you just ran. I don't know. I don't know where your clothes have been, Mister. It was it was interesting because uh, I think in the in the general timeline, this is uh, this is six days in. I don't think we had seen Ethan this early um, in the season one episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think he showed up until episode nine, um, which presumably is about nine days in. So. Um, it was interesting to see. I wonder how close this is to when he got there. I don't know, but uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, probably it's probably a couple days after he got there. I mean, if he if he hightailed it to the south, well, it depend. I guess it depends on how he got there. Yeah. I mean, it seemed you know from the from the season premiere, it seemed like he um, he was going to run run over there, um, but I, I guess he could have taken some other mode of transportation. A good portion of the way, so I guess it depends. Right. Depends on how he got there, but it definitely it would. Like he was just gonna run. Yeah, it seemed like he was just gonna run there. Yeah, um, but you think I don't know. You think he would have wanted to take in supplies or some water? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Like... Of course, that scene is really all about the immediacy. So it's not like he's gonna be. You know, right. Ben's gonna be Ethan. You go there, and you go there, and then he's gonna be okay. I'll go there in a second. I gotta go get my shoes. Right. I gotta go get my toothbrush. You know, so kind of kills the momentum. It yeah, does. I guess maybe we're supposed to just let that go. Yeah. Um. So after that, uh, the hubbub over the water erupts, uh, and then Jack gives his uh, live together die alone speech. It's really weird. It's almost it's this is like time traveling. You know, it's like. You know, you're in, you know, the 1800s America, and you're just, like, walking around, and, oh, look, there's Lincoln giving his Gettysburg address. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so, it's so seminal, you know, when you, you know, from our perspective. Right. Um, so it's, it's really, it's really crazy to, to see it from, from Nikki and Paolo's perspective. They're just yeah. like, oh, look at this guy talking. What's he up to? What are these guys doing? Yeah, I uh, I was amazed. You know, this whole drama, Boone took the water and Charlie, you know, whatever. I remember all this stuff happening, and uh, and then Jack shows up and makes his big speech. And it's weird how in this episode, when I watched it, it I was just thinking like, Jack, who are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like from their perspective, like, you know, I don't care about you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're not my leader. I mean, we all grew to think of him that way, but, like, the way we see him in this episode, he just, like, steps up and makes a speech, and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't really care what you have to say. I'm sorry, Jack. Yeah. 
You know, it's not like I know you're going through a moving moment where you're accepting leadership, but like it doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. You know, in this like context, so it was kind of weird to see something that was like really dramatic. Um, and you know, when when we were with his character, and when you just see it from the sidelines, it's like, who are you grandstanding like this? Like whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it. Da Um. <laughs> One of the things I, I want, a quick question I want to ask in general was I wonder, you know, from, from sort of seeing his speech again about living together, die, you know, die alone, um, I wonder if, if the fact that, you know, at least this far, the Losties have been able to sort of peacefully coexist with, with minimal fighting, you know, minimal infighting, I wonder if that's going to look favorably to the others, you know, because presumably the people that they haven't taken are sort of bad. But mm-hmm. I wonder if the this you know they they've worked together pretty well you know there's an occasional kidnapping of you know your fellow losty you know um, and a little you know theft and stuff like that but you know they've worked together pretty well you know and um, so I, I think just wonder the early days were the worst yeah it's definitely gotten better I just wonder if the if the others are gonna or e- even care to take that into consideration that. Uh, you know they may be like oh well these guys aren't too bad they've been made you know make the best of a bad situation. Mhm. I don't think they will, but they should. They should. I'm gonna write ABC and tell them that. Do it. Uh, next scene, we have um, Hurley. Uh, let's see, it's Hurley, Jen, and Sawyer moving the bodies. Um, Hurley uh, is picking up from where Jen left off. He's thinking, you know, it's uh, it's smoky. Um, so, and then we get this line again about Echo right before he dies saying, you, you know, you're next. And um, Hurley says he thinks, you know, Nikki and Paul, it was Nikki and Paolo are next because they were there when he died. Um, and then Sawyer says he's thinking they mean that Echo meant you all are next. Um, so, I mean, my opinion on that is that, you know, Echo, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that Echo would know that Nikki and Paolo were next. Um, and, um, so what do you think? And besides that, I thought it meant next by the smoke monster. Yeah. they didn't die by. Exactly, exactly. Next by the smoke monster. I guess he could just meant next in general, like next to die. But, uh, it definitely seemed like he meant next by the smoke monster because that's how he died. Now, of course, as we'll talk about, Smokey might have had some involvement and what happened. Yeah, you know, he does make a slight cameo, I guess. A little cameo. But uh, he didn't jump out and slam anybody into any trees or anything. No. So, um, it was uh, was weird involvement, whatever it was. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I took it as you were all next. Like, the smoke monster is going to kill all of you now. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I thought he meant. Yeah, that's how I take it, too. And then, uh... Oh, did you want to say something else? Sorry, no. Oh. Uh, and then uh, they're, they're talking about Nikki and Paolo, and, and, and Sawyer calls them Nina and Pablo. And Hurley goes, dude, you know their name. Show some respect. And again, I ask, why does Sawyer do that? Um, <laughs> don't I don't know. Flashback scene next. Uh, Nikki goes to see Ernst. Um, and uh, he, he tells her that he's discovered 20 new species and he'll be the next Darwin. And I'm thinking, oh, really? Will you really be the next Darwin? You really discovered 20 new species? 
Um, you know, there are literally, like, millions of different kinds of, like, you know, animals and, well, you know, various species of insects and stuff. And I'm really wondering if he really knows them all enough to know which ones are new. Like, you know, if he sees a spider, he can tell, well, this spider out of the, like, you know, 50,000 types of spiders that have been discovered, like, this one has never been discovered before. I thought is, uh, I don't know. Of course we're not supposed to really care about that, but I thought that was pretty presumptuous of him. I don't know. Yeah, I thought he was just bullshitting, just doing, you know. He he was talking a big game about, you know, there's going to be a monsoon, you better leave tomorrow, and and he was going on and on about the dynamite that killed him, and it just seems like he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think he's like, he's grandstanding for Nikki to some extent, and you know, maybe he even believes it, but uh, but I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows enough to say that. No way. Yeah, yeah. The same thing. You know, when Nikki asks him, you know, he she wants him to help her figure out the you know where her luggage might have landed, given the trajectory of the of the plane when it was crashing. And you know, I'm like, you know, he knows. You know, how is he really going to draw her a map? I mean, he knows nothing about the landscape or the size and orientation of the island. He doesn't know where the plane started to break apart, anything about the wind currents at the time. You know, like, how accurate could this map really be, you know? Yeah, well, you know. You know, he did, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. But, of course, he, um, he uh, eventually draws her a map, but it uh, doesn't lead them to where the luggage is. Mm-mm. But, uh, so the next scene, we have Nikki and Paolo following this map, and Paolo... Uh, um, as he should, wonders about the abilities of this high school science teacher. But no, no, no. As Nikki says, he's a junior high teacher, which, uh, in my opinion, seems like it would be worse. Yeah, as if that makes it better. Yeah, I, I thought that was really weird. That, that's the kind of exchange where you would expect Paulo to say, you know, should we really be trusting the abilities of a, of a junior high school teacher? Mm-hmm. And Nikki goes, oh, he's a high school teacher. You know, and it... it it's the kind of thing where it's seemingly better, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much better. So, yeah. you know, she makes her point, but she sort of doesn't, and voila, you have good writing. <laughs> but they right. reversed it, which was really interesting. Um, yeah, it was like, first of all, I need to correct you. Second of all, yes, we should still trust him anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, should we trust this firefighter, or should we trust this guy who is going to be a firefighter if he can only pass that damn exam? <laughs> You know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that was the whole thing too. You know, back when he was predicting monsoons, um, you know, people were wondering. You know, he's a high school science teacher. Nothing against high school science teachers, of course. You know, you can you, obviously they know you know a great deal about about you know their chosen field. Um, how much they know about these various fields that they you know kind of aren't really teaching. You know, uh, we didn't really learn how to predict monsoons when I was. Uh, in junior high, uh, nor did we learn about uh, the etymology of spiders and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, of course, you went to the wrong junior high. Apparently, I went to the wrong junior high. I should have went to Arnst Junior High because I'm sure it's named after him since he's so great. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> you sir, <laughs> we shall have no other teacher but you at our school. Kids will only learn science. As you teach it so well, it doesn't matter that they know nothing else. Um, and then, um, 
And then Paulo, you know, throws it in Nikki's face. They're, you know, they're talking and walking. And uh, they, Paulo throws it in Nikki's face that she slept with Zimmerman, which, you know, is really rule. He, he sort of broke rule number three when you're, you know, in a relationship with a woman. Uh, rule number one being, you know, never say yes when they say, do I look fat? Mm-hmm. Uh, rule number two is, of course, you know, always remember anniversaries, birthdays, and Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And rule number three, which is one he broke, is, you know, never try to use the fact that they slept with someone else who, you know, while the two of you were trying to pull a diamond heist against right. them. So he broke that all-important, rarely used rule. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it deserves to be on the list, but it is quite important. So. It's very important. Um, it'll get you in a lot of hot water. It'll put you in the doghouse. Um... So, of course, they stumble upon the Beechcraft plane. Yay! Yay! What a crazy twist! <laughs> and, of course, you know, they stumble upon the, uh, upon the Beechcraft plane, and my first thought is, cool, they can go tell Locke about this! Mm-hmm. Locke, you know, and, and, and Echo, and this will be great! Oh, but wait, I don't think they do! That isn't gonna happen. Oh, damn. They weren't um, very talkative. They weren't very talkative at all. They were almost negative talkative. They they discovered stuff before anybody knew anything. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a hatch before they discovered it. Yeah, before... <laughs> <laughs> wasn't well, nobody climbing down hatches before Nikki and yeah, Paolo. Yeah, before Nikki and Paolo, man. Nobody was doing crazy stuff. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. I kind of wanted to think that, too. Like, yeah, okay, good. And then they'll warn Boone not to fall. Cause, you know. Exactly. Because Paulo knew so very quickly that if he went up there, it would fall. I know. Either he's just a pansy or he, uh, or he's... I mean, obviously he was right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those things. It's one of those... Th- one of those lines that is supposed to, you know, mean more to someone who's seen the show and knows mm-hmm. that it does fall, you know. It's like... He's calling it, and you're like, yeah. And yeah. Somebody does die, and yeah. And it's it's crappy, though, because in that situation, it's easy to call it, because we know it's true. Right. It's better to call it before it happens. Right. <laughs> like Desmond. <laughs> um, so, you know, like we said, he says he thinks the plane would fall if he went up there, and he, he, he doesn't want to go up there. And then they keep walking, and lo and behold, they stumble upon another great island uh, mystery, the uh, the Pearl Station hatch, and um, the, Nikki just walks over it and hey, what's this? And while uh, uh, while Locke is uh, puzzling over you know how to open this other hatch, um, they uh, not only discover but pretty much get into uh, the Pearl Station. Yeah, so basically they discover they discovered the first hatch. Yeah, definitely. Because this this should have been before this should have been before Locke discovered the hatch. If um, if it's before Kate found uh, found the guns, Cause that was pretty early. Oh uh, well, no, Kate. Oh, but they found the. Uh, okay, I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, I think it could be, like, really close, like, within a couple days. Oh, yeah? Because they found the hatch, like, right after they went after Claire. You know, they, uh, Locke and Boone split off, and that's when they found the hatch. Mm-hmm. So, that's, like, that was, like, right around when they found the case of guns. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, 
yeah, it could be like a day before, a day after. But even if like Locke found his hatch first, he didn't get in first at all. Yeah. Well, his <laughs> hatch, his hatch. Um, you know, he unfortunately found the back door. You know, uh, mm-hmm. for the hatch, and 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 they found the front door, so they got in a lot quicker. Yeah, it was an easy one. The other door really didn't seem like it was supposed to be opened. Which other door? Oh, the uh, the door Locke found. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was, like, in an extreme emergency or something, but it wasn't, like, a serviceable door. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't just knock a few things out and open it up right then, and, hey, I'm going to climb down. No, you're not. Whatever. Yeah. That's really just a writing thing, I think. Yeah. You know, but, um... Because, yeah, you really couldn't... In an emergency, could you really climb... Could you really climb upstairs that fast if you're trying to escape the hatch? Oh, well, you know. I mean, climb up the little ladder. Maybe if, uh... I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you could. Um, next scene, uh... Oh, of course, Paula wants to go down into the the Pearl Station. Uh, but Nikki, you know, Nikki doesn't want to go. I think she sort of doesn't want to go more out of spite for, um... For the fact that Paula didn't want to go up into the plane. Um, because she, that's sort of, that's sort of what her argument was. Why mm-hmm. she didn't want to go in. So she's just being mean. Um, next uh, scene, we've got Hurley, Charlie, and Sawyer. Uh, they're trying to figure out what killed Nikki and Paolo. They're at uh, they're at their Nikki and Paolo's uh, living area. And then Charlie comes in and tells them that the food checks out. They're you know they're all eating the same food and no one else is is dead. Apparently dead. So the food should be fine. Uh, Hurley finds a copy of Exposé, um, which is apparently Nikki's copy, and finds out that she was a cast member. Uh, we find out her last name is, uh, Fernandez. Um, and, uh, let's see. We find out, of course, Hurley mentions again that Mr. Lachard was the Cobra. You know, he sort of goes to the end of the, uh, of the episode, of the script, and, uh, and, and sees, uh, that little revelation um, we found out that Hurley was a big fan of the show. Um, I also wanted to mention real quick that um, in, uh, in, what episode was that? Oh, The Man from Tallahassee, when Locke is in his apartment uh, eating right before uh, Peter Talbert comes over, he's, Locke is actually watching Expose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is a little, little nicety that they put in there. Um, <laughs> which makes... Locks him all more depressing that he's watching the show that crappy. Yeah. In his little apartment. Um, you get him, Corvette. Yeah. Um, so, the let's see, what else happens in this scene? Um, you know, they find they find Arndt's bugs, and I, I really thought that the bugs should sort of all be dead by now, because it's been a long time since Arts was a, uh, around, and I really doubt that Nikki is really feeding all of those bugs. Mm-hmm. So they really... I mean, if, if that spider that she that she had was the one that he... You know, the same one, you know, uh, it really should have been dead in that thing by now. Mm-hmm. That long ago. But uh, a little plot hole there. But mm-hmm. uh, they, find, uh, they find a walkie-talkie that Sawyer identifies as belonging to the others, and... Uh, they start to wonder if Nikki and Paula were actually working with the others. Um, the next scene, we've got um, 
uh, still flashbacks. Shannon and Ernst are, are are squabbling over the guns that uh, the gun uh, that the guns that Jack has the key to, uh, and uh, Nikki, you know, basically listens in on the conversation and then asks where Kate found the case. And in the next scene, we have Nikki and Paolo uh, at the actual uh, little pond um, where Kate had found the case, and uh, they're arguing over who's going to go in. Paolo, of course, goes in, and he spots the bag, but doesn't tell Nikki uh, that he sees it. Um, and then the next scene, we have Son, Hurley, and Charlie, Sawyer, and Jen. Uh, can oh. I say, I yes. just want to say something about that last scene. Um, oh. That, that scene was where it started to feel like a walking tour, a famous season one attraction. Oh, yeah. Like, it was like, you know, we saw the plane, and oh, and you know, whatever, and then, and then, oh, and here's the falls where Sawyer and Kate shared their frivolity before they found the case with the plane and the blah, 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 and you know, now moving along, we'll go see, you know, where Ethan hung Charlie, and you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just... It had a very weird feel for him to be there. Like, it just... Uh... Yeah, because mo- most of the locations that they were at were places we had already seen. So it seems like they were just sort of showcasing them yeah. instead of having, like, new island locations or something. Right. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. It just... Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say Let's see. The next scene, um, like I said, Hurley, Son, Charlie, Sawyer, and Jen, the group is growing. Um... We're all talking, trying to figure out what happened. Uh, they wonder if the others killed Nikki and Paolo. Um, you know, Hurley's, Hurley says that the others are pretty far away, uh, but Son brings up the fact that she was recently taken by the others. Uh, and then we get that little look on Charlie's face, because we all know Charlie was the one who took her. And, um, you know, and I even knew... Even if I didn't, I would not buy the others did that. It, didn't, it never seemed like the others to me. Oh yeah. Well, we definitely wouldn't buy it. I mean, as the audience, we we know we know the others are busy. <laughs> yeah. You know they they've got other stuff going on. They're not gonna just like take Sun and then oh never mind like come on. Yeah. Oh, you mean oh I thought you meant killed Nikki and Paolo. Oh no no no. You mean oh yeah the whole thing when oh yeah the others taking Sun oh jeez. Give yeah, me a like, break. Like even in that episode, I didn't believe it before we found out what really happened. Like. Yeah. It just didn't seem plausible to me that that was supposed to be the others. Well, and then, you know, when she says, if I hadn't gotten away, they would have killed me. Mm-hmm. As if, like, she really did something to get away, you know. I know, they like, just found her, like, yeah. Like, she didn't escape. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like she beat him up and, and won her freedom or something, like. <laughs> She's rewriting history there. Yeah, like, she is. Whatever, son. All the time she was saying that, I'm just like. Uh, she's got a little case of Arnst, I think, you know, mm-hmm. making herself a little, ma- making the situation a little bigger than it is. And then later I shot Colleen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. I told Colleen, don't step to me. You know who I am? I'm the S to the U to the N. <laughs> I'm from Korea. Are you crazy? Shot a light in your eye and then you die. Exactly. <laughs> I keep secrets from my husband. I am hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If Sun ever said anything like that. Oh, God. She would get a free... It was like Razzle Dazzle. She'd get a free pass. I'd love yeah, her forever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
She would love her forever. She could be crappy son for the rest of the show. Yeah. I am the glass ballerina, mofo. (laughs) I will break something of yours and lie to you that I broke it. (laughs) You can ask me if I broke it. I won't even tell you the truth. (laughs) I spoke English and slept with Michael. How about that, bitch? Ooh. (laughs) I had an affair with my husband. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Hardcore. (laughs) Oh, he thinks my baby's a miracle. <laughs> I'm not even pregnant. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, son. So anyway, um, Sawyer decides he's going to go do a perimeter sweep. And, you know, he takes out a gun and then Hurley, Hurley gets all uh, suspicious, you know. Where did he get it from? And Sawyer says he, he got it from one of the others. And Hurley wonders why he didn't mention it mention it before and you know it, it, it's one of those sort of whodunit things that they're doing with this plot line where the they're 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 basically putting you know doubt and suspicion on like everybody they're just throwing it around at everybody it's like a big food fight but they're throwing suspicion mm-hmm. uh because you know it helps the mystery it helps us try to wonder what what really is going on and you know her uh sawyer's killed someone before you know He'll uh, do pretty much anything if he thinks uh, it's worth it. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think Sawyer's the one who killed him. What do you think? Really? Yeah. I had all my money on Hurley. Really? You know, I could see why you would think that. Um, uh, but uh, but I think I think Sawyer Sawyer did it. Okay. Well, we'll see. I, I think we should find out. Oh, we'll see. Let's go to the next scene. Okay. Um, we've got Paolo on the beach. Uh, he, he He's popping some nicotine gum, and he starts to dig a hole. <laughs> and this was, speaking of Hurley, this was a very Hurley thing to do, I think, uh, to try to hide something, uh, you know, not only, you know, just a few, you know, yards away from where everyone else is, but sort of just out in the open, you're digging something. I thought that was really ridiculous of him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most people when they have want to hide something, they would go in the jungle or something. But no, I'll hide it at the beach. You know, in sand, which people dig up anyway. Um, but anyway, Locke comes by to sort of prove the point uh, that this is not a good time nor a place to be digging something valuable, hiding something valuable. And you know, he basically. Um, you know, tells him that things don't stay buried on the island, uh, which, of course, at first comes off very mystical, and then he sort of clarifies that the beach is washing away and eroding, and that winter is coming, therefore high tide. Uh, um, and, of course, you know, uh, if the plane went down in, what, November, okay. then then really, you know, the and if they're in, you know, the southern hemisphere, summer should be coming, not Summer's winter. Summer's coming. Yeah. L.A. Riders. L.A. Riders, you know, it's another thing like, uh, you know, not sort of factoring in the uh, Universal Healthcare of Australia during the Claire episode. Yeah. Um, L.A. Riders, yeah. They, they're like, oh, it's November, you know, oh, so the winter's coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, if they really have winter coming, that's going to be weird. Yeah. It really shouldn't happen where they are. Um, I bet if they do that and someone points it out, they'll come up with some, like, crappy explanation for it. You know? How could you explain that? Like, some, like, weird thing about the island, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, though. I feel like, well, I guess I guess it really depends on 
what their what they what their what their idea of the island is. Or they'll let damage control like someone will call them out on this line, and then they'll, the damage control will be Locke is wrong. Like Locke is thinking that because he's from you know, yeah California. Yeah, I guess they could get out like that. Yeah, and I, I actually I could sort of buy that. I don't I don't think I don't know if Locke would really know the difference. Um, yeah, I mean, he seems to suggest that because winter is coming, that the tide's going to be higher. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's true that that the that the tide sort of changed with the seasons or something like that, but uh, or maybe he just the way he phrased it, it it seems to imply that, but he didn't really mean that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, maybe Locke is just wrong. I mean, of course he is wrong, <laughs> uh, but maybe the writers are just maybe the writers know better, but they're just having Locke be wrong. Yeah, possibly. Because uh, I feel like you know a lot of a lot of TV writers you know are. You know, went to really good schools and stuff, so I feel like they, between all of them, they might, they should know that. Yeah. Somebody would have would have spotted that. One would think so. Then again, I could see it slipping through. Oh yeah, I could see it slipping through too. So it's um yeah, it's, but I, I kind of like this scene because it reminded me of Locke in the old mm-hmm. days. You know, the way he would sort of dispense this wise advice to people and. Yeah, he was just this, like, roving mage of wisdom. He just, like, would show up out of nowhere, tell you something very mystical and confounding, and then leave. Yeah. In a a cloud of smoke. Exactly. Yeah, it was just weird to see that version of him again. It's been so long since he's been like that. You know, it was was like, wow, I guess they thought about it when they wrote that, to, like, give him that little weird tone that he had when he would tell people things. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. yeah. I He's think uh, buried on this island. And, I think uh, Terry O'Quinn liked that. I think uh, I think he he probably liked that scene uh, because he got to be old season one lock again. Yeah, I think you're right. It's hard uh, not to miss that. It's hard. Um, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> next scene: Apollo uh, goes to the Pearl Station. Uh, he finds the bathroom and decides to hide the diamonds in the uh, little toilet tank there. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, Ben and Juliet who's come in. Who's that coming in? Guess who's coming to the Pearl Station? Uh, ben and Juliet come in, and uh, this little this little plot line gets a lot more interesting. This is the um, biggest the biggest thing in the episode, I think, in terms of the overall plot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was nice when we saw Ethan, but then we got uh, old Ben and Juliet. Yeah, Ethan was a teaser. This is more development. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we hear we hear Ben and Juliet. You know, sort of right before they get into the hatch, and you know, Ben wonders who left the hatch open, and Juliet says Tom was there a few days before. Um, and then Ben tells her to have uh, to have them uh, cover the door with the plane. Which is also a sort of a meta a meta line mm-hmm. uh, because that's sort of what happens when Boone goes up there and the plane falls. Um, you know, to me, if Ben is going to say cover the door with the plane, that that seems to to suggest that you know after this uh, visit to the Pearl Station, they won't really need to go back anymore um, for whatever reason. You know, he's I, I mean he's pretty much there just to show Juliet Jack. Uh, at least that's what it seems like. Yeah. Um, which, you know, technically speaking, if they had a file on Jack, I feel like they could get a picture, too. Now, the plane has to be already fallen down. 
at this point. Why is that? Well, Jackson the Hatch, which they didn't get into until season two. Well, that's like the thing. I, I think... Oh, okay. So you're basically saying the plane was already down. Yeah. And they just moved the plane over the door. Right. Oh, then, like, okay. the way The way it fell originally, it didn't cover up the hatch. Oh. Does that make sense, though, with... um. With the previous episodes, when when Locke came back to the plane, was the plane? Did they? I don't remember. Did they mention something like that that the plane had moved? Because it seemed like Locke would know that the plane had moved, you know, presumably a considerable distance. He didn't. They didn't mention it. Because yeah, because if you think about the if you think about this shot, you know, when when uh, Nikki and Paolo first find the plane in the in the hatch door, uh, which is redundant. <laughs> The station's door, the hatch, um, you know, if if that plane would have fallen, would have fallen at the base of that cliff, which is not where the door, the hatch was. Mm-hmm. So it would have had to been moved a considerable distance, and Locke really should have noticed that um, when he came back to it. So that's weird, but yeah, I'll give him that he was distraught because um, I was when Boone died. I mean, uh, yeah, and I'll buy that, like, he didn't, you know, he wasn't really aware of where the plane was during that time because of all the stuff that was going on, but when he came back, you know, I I, I was thinking, you know, I think he should have been expecting the plane to be at the base of the cliff, and when it wasn't, he should have thought that was weird. Yeah. You know, because when you're going to something, you sort of, you know, maybe have a visual of where it is you're going, and, you know, I feel like he would have been visualizing it at the base of the cliff, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So Ben turns on the monitor And we see Jack in the Swan Station And it looks like Jack is at someone's bedside There's medical supplies around him I can't remember offhand Who he could be tending to I remember he was he tended to Sawyer um, mm-hmm. And of course he tended to Michael And, and all the various people who have gotten hurt um, But I'm, I'm guessing that's supposed to be Sawyer Right? Um, well let's see This is pre-Ben so, um, so it can't be Michael. It's not uh, Michael. So it has to be, um, yeah, I guess, I, I don't think, who else did he tend to? Not, not anyone else in the hatch. It was really, it was so aired. I guess that would be the person to tend to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that seems about right. Also, um, from the monitor, Jack, uh, we can see that Jack is talking to someone, uh, sort of off camera. Um, so I have no idea who that might be. I mean, I guess it could be like Kate or Locke or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever. Um, Juliet looks at Jack and she, she, she references that she thinks he's cute. And then she gives, uh, a little strange glance at Ben, uh, which voila, I think Ben might be the gay character. Um, oh. yes. And here's, a, here's, that. here's some stuff to think about. Some of which is serious, <laughs> some of which is a joke. But, uh, you know, I was thinking that uh, if Ben is gay, um, that might explain why he doesn't have a kid of his own. Mm-hmm. And maybe the others don't allow gay adoption, so that's why he had to steal Alex. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, the others wow, are pretty... their leader, like, or sort of leader is gay and they don't allow gay adoption. <laughs> yeah, their legal system, you know, the sheriff just doesn't allow it. Um, wow. Just doesn't allow it. You know, they're pretty forward-thinking. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some people from the old generation there that just can't uh, can't get past it. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, 
You know, I have to throw out since you said that. I didn't. I really didn't see that coming. Um, I remember way back when Henry Gale was exposed when he, you know, when he was going as Henry Gale, and Saeed came back and and exposed that uh, that there was a man named Henry Gale buried in the grave. You know, uh-huh. um, I remember a theory that that um, that you had about that that. Um, that uh, maybe he was just gay, and uh, yeah. you know Henry Gale was his you know husband or boyfriend or whatever, and uh, and he just didn't want to tell him that, and so he said it was a wife, and he really wasn't another. And why did he use his name? Well, I don't know, but uh, yeah, like like I said before, I guess I just want to believe everyone's gay. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to find ways for everyone to be gay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know, just, uh, bringing that back. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, I, I don't think he has to not be, but, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's up in the air. I took that as being, like, he's cute, now what are you gonna say about that? Like, I don't know, it seemed like she was challenging him to, like, I don't know, <laughs> not like that she said that. Yeah, you know, it definitely came off to me that way, too, as, you know, she's, like, he's cute, like, you know, not only like he's cute. Does that make you jealous? But he's cute. Like, what do you? What am I doing here? Like, get to the point. You know, mm-hmm. just sort of like she's just making a frivolous comment to illustrate that she thinks the situation is like you know frivolous because you know presumably at this point you know she's um, you know she doesn't really like Ben that much. You know, as we when we first found her, you know, in the beginning of season three, you know they right. were they had they were at odds, and so you know presumably she wants to go and leave the island. He won't let her. Still, you know. Right. So it's not like she really is is deeply invested in what's going on. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> is that the first lost lowdown sneeze? I think that's the first lost lowdown sneeze. <laughs> I I was trying to finish my sentence uh, before and it just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't finish. I was like trying to blurt the words out as best I could before my sneeze came. Wow. Um. Wow. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Claude gave his official statement on this episode. Achoo! Achoo! <laughs> Feel free to quote me. <laughs> I think Achoo has four O's. <laughs> um, <laughs> get it right. Get it right, folks. Get it right. Um, so anyway, um, of course, yeah. Of course, you know, there's there's many meanings uh, she could have for that line. I do like the fact she gave him she gave him a weird little look though when she said that. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. So there is there is something to that line, um, but um, I don't know. You know, the, I, I'm going to take the writers at their word. They say the the gay character is in this episode, and mm-hmm. I think it can really only be. I think it's most likely Boone. Um, and it would, you know, it could be Boone for a lot of reasons, and specifically because since he's not on the show anymore, it won't really affect the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, so they can just have that or whatever. But, um, you know, or it could be Ben because of this line and because, um, you know, of my little crackpot theory about adoption or, you mm-hmm. know, or just, lit- you know, the specifically why, you know, he doesn't have a kid of his own, presumably. Um, and, hey, I don't see any woman he's attached with. Um, I don't either. I don't know. He says he lives with his roommate, <laughs> his friend Larry. They've been roommates for a while. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little suspect. 
I just like to have him sleep over. It makes me feel safe. Exactly, yeah. Nothing going on, Mom. <laughs> He's just my friend. <laughs> I can see Tom. Hey, uh... Hey, Ben, you and old Larry have been, uh... Spent a lot of time together. <laughs> Go to the Pearl... <laughs> Go to the Pearl Station, Tom. Mm -hmm. Go to the Pearl Station. Get out of my hair. Lots to do there. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think that would be, I think that would be an interesting revelation, um, if Ben was gay, um, I don't know, I think that'd be an interesting little twist, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I mean, I can't, even if he's not gay, I can't see him having a relationship with anyone. Oh, just... no, I, I can't see them exploring that on the show, that would be, uh, I mean, that would just be weird, not, just because it's Ben. Yeah, exactly. Just because of his Because there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Nothing wrong with that. To pull a Seinfeld. Like, I can't, uh... I just can't imagine, um... So, yeah. And then also, if he's gay, I don't feel like they can really explore that too deeply either. Yeah. Um, it would just come up somehow, I guess, and they'd move on. But, uh... Uh... It's a fair theory. That, that look was very... I mean, it, it was hard not to notice it. It was, it was yeah. so... Like over, she didn't just say he's cute and then move on. It was it was a whole ordeal. Yeah, like, she said it for it. a reason. Yeah. So. All right. Interesting. And, interesting. and you know, and I could see them, you know, trying, you know, throwing in that line that Shannon says about Boone as a red herring, mm -hmm. you know. But it's you know the gay character has really been, you know, mm -hmm. we find that out later. But uh, we'll see. We'll see in due time. Who's the gay one? Who? Is it? You? <laughs> Me? I, well, I just, uh, I don't know. Oh, I just, uh, I didn't know. You're not supposed to put it in there? <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Woo. Uh, what am I saying? Whoa. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? I think I sneezed again. I think I sneezed. I think that was a sneeze, folks. All you heard was another sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oops! <laughs> wow! Oh man! Um, <laughs> um next scene. <laughs> no, actually, there's some more stuff in this scene. Yeah, we gotta stay on this scene, unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, we're explicit on iTunes, folks. Explicit mm -hmm. <laughs> for a reason. Hope the kids are in bed. <laughs> Oh God! Okay. Ooh. Um, so booty, booty, blue. Um, I'm lost in my notes here. Okay, so um, Ben thinks that he can convince Jack to do the surgery. Um, so wait, at this point, when is this? This is about. Um, this is this is still season one. No, no, it has to be season two. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, season two, season two. Uh. Okay, I'm just trying to see how early it was that that uh, Ben decided he wanted to get Jack for the surgery. Right. So this was after the plane fell, but before they come back in question mark. Yeah. So, uh, so it's got to be, uh, yeah. Some, well, well, before Ben gets captured. <laughs> and before Ben gets captured. We can at least say that. So it's 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 in the first part of season two. Or could it be after? That would be No weird. no no. When Sawyer was when Sawyer was hurt, that was the beginning of season two, right? 
But maybe it was Michael, and maybe it was after. Oh. Well, no, 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 no. It couldn't have been after because... It couldn't have been after because after that is after question mark, right? Wait, well, when does Ben escape? Yeah, you're right. That that fucks it up. He would have to have, like, basically gone straight there to miss them because they, they went looking for him when they went to the question marks. So, yeah. Um, you know, ostensibly. So, um, yeah, no, that really doesn't work. But I thought maybe it would. Um, yeah. You know, maybe uh, that whole surgery thing was... Uh, of course, they had already sent Michael. It doesn't work at all. Never mind. Yeah, so basically... For, this is before for... he gets captured. Yeah, so, I mean, for a good amount of time, Ben has had the idea to, to take Jack for the surgery. Yeah. So, he's been playing And, like, Juliet one. brings it up, so they talked about it, you know, before, you know, even this scene. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, who knows how long, um, you know. I would guess, you know, since he knew about the cancer before the crash, even, that as soon as he found out who Jack was, he wanted him to do it. Yeah, I'll buy that. Whenever that was. Whatever long, that was. You know, it took him to accumulate the file. Yeah. Or files or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he thinks he can convince Jack to do the surgery. All he has to do is exploit what he's emotionally invested in, uh, which is harder than it sounds, folks. I've tried. Um, and Juliet says, well, do we grab Ford and Austin, too? Uh, which I thought was really interesting that she said that. Uh, that must mean that she that they've either talked about it or she just sort of knows mm-hmm. that Jack's weakness is, you know, that sort of triangle relationship there. Um, because she says that right off the bat. Like, okay, if we're going to take Jack and exploit his weakness, then we'll need Ford and Austin. Ah. Uh, yeah, isn't that interesting? Hmm. Yeah, that's not how I took that line, but that makes more sense than what I thought. <laughs> what did you think? Well, oh, like, I basically thought that it was just one of those lines to indicate what they were going to do. Yeah. But, like, I didn't, I couldn't see why. Like, I'm like, why do you need them? I don't get it, you know. I thought, like, what Ben was talking about was Juliet, because, like, he uh, he, uses, he used that word invested um, when he was talking to Jack uh, later on, mm-hmm. um, referring to Juliet. So I assume that's what he meant somehow, like, he was going to use her to get him invested in her and then... You know that was gonna somehow convince him to do the surgery, but uh, but uh, but it makes more sense that she uh, she immediately says uh, so we grab all three of them because that's what he's invested in and yeah and that'll be the key and and that gives him a reason for taking those other two, you know and yeah I mean I hesitate a little bit to think uh, I mean obviously it's good that they took Kate and Sawyer for their plans, but to me it seems like you would want to just take Kate because that's, that's really who he, he's, he's emotionally invested in, is Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think taking Sawyer, too, is only a good idea when you are the writers of the show, and you know what you're going to do with that. Right. You know. Well, and, the, and she didn't throw in, and Hurley, too, but we'll let him go back and warn yeah. the others never to come here. Exactly. Yikes. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, the next, let's see, the next part, um, you know, they, you know, they're trying to figure out how they're going to do this, and Ben suggested they use Michael to make them, to make, uh, you know, the, the Losties come to them, and, uh, this entire time, Paolo is watching, uh, from the bathroom, 
and uh, then turn. Oh man, he just goes lower and lower on the totem pole. Uh, ben Paulo ben, knew some shit, man. They both uh, knew some stuff, man. Wow. Paulo could have single-handedly, I mean, Nikki too, but Paulo Moore could have single-handedly altered, radically altered the events of season two and, of course, season three. Pa- one look at Henry Gale and Paulo could have outed him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that would have been it. And, like, he just never saw him, I guess, in theory. You know, obviously he wasn't really there, but. Yeah. But, like, that's, it makes it clear that he, and he saw Juliet before anybody did, and uh, the Pearl, and yeah, man, oof. Yeah, that's the, but no, not only that, but the big thing that he's going to, that they're going to kidnap. Yeah, These three people, and use Michael. Yeah. Which obviously means that Michael's with them. Mm-hmm. Like he, like you know. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, point. He knew about I mean, that too. he knew about that too. And it's and it's really strange to me. It's more than strange because I can take I can take you know they don't mention the plane or they don't mention that they found this or you know the sort of you know um, the idea that the information doesn't really travel that well on the island. Um, but when it's something as dangerous and life and literally life threatening as these others are going are planning a kidnapping, mm-hmm. um, to not say anything even to Nikki apparently, uh, well of course not to Nikki because then he had to explain what he what he was doing down there. Oh uh, yeah. Um, you know to not do that is just like man, Paolo, you just you just suck. Yeah, man. You just suck. Fucking shit. That whole like. That whole subplot didn't have to happen if they if he if he was like okay this guy's another and Michael's gonna come back and try to lure you away mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> they Jack uh, Ben wants you to do the surgery yeah uh, ben, yeah this guy has cancer and he wants you to do the surgery that would have been a weird season too yeah that'd have been weird been like a bunch of big reveals all of a sudden yeah I mean that's um God that just doesn't I really I really think they should have found some plausible reason why Paolo never said anything. Yeah. Um, or just or just had Paolo leave before Ben and Juliet got there. And maybe he, you know, he hides in the brush when he sees them coming and he sees them go in there, you know, but yeah. he doesn't hear the conversation. Right. You know, uh, but, the, 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 you know, the, for them to write that he, he saw the whole conversation and say anything is just crazy. And his, yeah. only, his only excuse for doing that is, of course, he would have to explain why he was down there. Right. But, you know, he could, ma- he could have made something up. You know, well, we found this thing and I was just exploring. He didn't have to say anything about the diamonds. Yeah, no. And it's, and it's I mean, maybe he's afraid of them finding it, but it's, it just it seems like a really shitty thing to do. Uh not to uh, warn them about this. Um, maybe he doesn't let, know their last names, but I don't know. I guess seeing the monitor, he he should have known what was going on or something. He should have done something. You know what? what? I actually, now that you say that, um, I changed my I changed my opinion on that a little bit. He he didn't hear their names. Um, and I'll buy and I'll buy that he didn't actually see the monitor because he was sort of peeking through that crack. So his view was sort of limited. Um, mm-hmm. I'll actually, actually, I'll take, I'll take a lot of that back because um, you're right. He didn't hear their first names, um, and uh, and and even if he saw the monitor, he he probably couldn't tell. The screen was small anyway, so um, yeah, he probably didn't know what was going on. I think I think he definitely should have said something yeah. to somebody, but he didn't know who they were talking about, which I think is 
now you know now I, I now see why they did they wrote um, they had Ben and Juliet just use the last names um, except for though, Michael except for Michael which well, what is Michael's last name Dawson oh yeah it's funny they I don't think they ever called Michael by his last name no no I think they used it in the flashbacks but yeah they never they they always called him by his first name. Maybe maybe that's because because don't don't all the others call the others by their first names, pretty much. Uh yeah, pretty much. Maybe that's why they do that. Maybe, maybe that's why they exceptions. Did, maybe that's why they did that to uh, Michael because he was sort of one of them. That whole time. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. And then if you're I mean, not they, one of them, you know, they call they call other people by their first names sometimes too. It, you know, depends on the situation. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they didn't say. Ford and Shepard and yeah. Austin the whole time. But sometimes. Yeah. They pull it out when they need it. <laughs> Yikes. But if he hears something about Michael, like, it seems like he should say, you know, because at this point he should know Michael's gone looking for Walt, uh, who was kidnapped, and, like, he should know about that. And Yeah, but benefit of the doubt, he doesn't necessarily know that's the same Michael. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, benefit of the doubt, barely. And the, and the, and I, I guess it's easy for us to say, yeah, because um, yeah. we know so much about what they're talking about, which is to say everything, basically. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. He has no reason to, to, to believe that Michael is with them, so when he says, we'll use Michael to make them come to us, I mean, he has no reason to believe that that's the same Michael. Like, yeah. why would it be the same Michael? Right. You know, so... I'll take I'll take a lot of that back from from Paulo. He he they they wrote it to where it's less his fault, you know. Yeah. As much as they could, I think. So. Right. And still have us, you know, get to see the scene. Yeah. So let me just, you know, quickly throw out what uh, is this? Are we supposed to think that what happened is that Ben wanted Jack to do the surgery, so he intentionally got himself kidnapped so that Michael could come like rescue him and then like lure everybody away like is that no no i think i think there's two things going on here with ben i think that whole thing i think there's two things going on there there's you know ben and this plan to kidnap jack you know which involves taking sawyer and kate but i think there's also the idea that ben you know was in the pearl hatch presumably saw the the orientation film there and you know was curious about the swan hatch and wanted to see if it, you know, what was going on there. Because that's what I want to believe. That's what that all was about. You know, when he was when he let himself get kidnapped, or, or I don't know if he really let himself get kidnapped so much as um, he was going there to find something out, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he got kidnapped, but um, or captured. Um, and I, I really think that was that was supposed to be about, you know, him being interested in the hatch, um, and <clears throat> excuse me, the swan station and. And going there to figure out what's going on, and then you know maybe he wanted to get access to the to the to the uh, to the computer and see if the button really did anything. But of course, you know, I think I think I think that's really you know what Carlton and Damon pretty much said in one of their podcasts. Yeah, that, that that's what was going on, and you know the the idea that the Swan Station would have been a, a pretty well guarded secret. You know, sp- you know specifically what's going on in there um, with with Dharma, so the others didn't really know. You know what the station was about and stuff like that, and that you know if they found this this um, the pearl video uh, that could have piqued his interest, then of course the pearl video says that the button doesn't do anything; it's just an experiment, which right. makes sense of why 
why Ben would say that. Yeah. Um, of course, Ben hasn't seen the uh, Swan Orientation video, which says it is real. So I'd like right. to... It's a big contradiction there. But, um, so, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I feel like those are two separate things that are hard to be meshed together. Yeah, I and then I think reasons. another part of this that's that's making it not quite seem to work is the fact that they didn't necessarily plan for who Ben is and who, you know, the Henry Gale other character mm-hmm. was to be the same originally. And if they were different characters, it might seem a little less weird that, like, this other other went to investigate the Swan Hatch, and then there's this Ben surgery issue. Yeah. You know, with a different guy. Not him, like, wanting the surgery and doing this, like, investigation, you know, at the same time. So I think, I don't know, I think that's um, part of the weirdness. But I have to point out, uh, I believe in the last podcast, I made the statement that I didn't think um, the others knew about the Pearl Hatch, and uh, this episode proved that to be extremely incorrect. So... <laughs> Nice. They know about it and use it, like, routinely, in a, it seems. So, you know. Oh, well. Yeah, it's one of, the, it's one of those things. Uh, it's interesting to know. Um, it makes me wonder. A couple of people speculated that when Tom was down there, maybe he was the one talking to Michael mm-hmm. um, on the, uh, you know, on the thing pretending to be Walt. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's how he could see him. Not that that camera showed the computer, but you know, whatever. Uh. Well, yeah, yeah. There were different. There were different. There's different cam. There's definitely multiple cameras in the Swan Hat. Yeah. I don't think yeah. we've ever seen a uh, a camera on the computer, right? I don't think so. Yeah, but anyway, but it's there really should yeah. be one. Yeah. You know, for what they're supposed to do, it seems like they should. Yeah, that. That, that would probably be the most important camera to have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, you know, I also was thinking when when Ben and Juliet came down there uh, that we were gonna that we were gonna see that they were the ones who left that like marijuana looking mm-hmm. stuff on the table, <laughs> like whatever that stuff was, and maybe maybe it's really Tom who left that there. I mean, I could see, you know, Tom going out there. Maybe maybe he brings uh, Pickett or you know one of one of the younger. Uh, one of the younger guys or something. Mm-hmm. What was Aldo. that? Yeah, Aldo. I could totally see Aldo coming out with him, and and uh, he's like, "Hey, Ben wanted me to uh, talk to Michael on the computer, but after we're done, let's uh, let's blaze it up." <laughs> <laughs> Aldo's uh, like, "Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it." <laughs> and you know, they sit back and get a little stunned, and they're like, "Man." We're so crazy, man. I've got a theory about <laughs> us, man. Man, what we're doing on the island is so crazy, dude. <laughs> Can you believe I think it? We might, I think we might be telepathic, man. Man. I can, like, read your mind. <laughs> I can, like, read your mind, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. Getting stoned with we're, the others. We're like totally immoral, but we don't seem to see it, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, jeez, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I wish they would film scenes like that and put together like a like a lost lost collection, like mm-hmm. these little scenes of of these crazy crazy things. I do too. Oh God, it would be. That'd really be good. awesome. <laughs> Tom looks like he smokes. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. He looks like he needs to relax. I agree. It's medicinal. 
medicinal. Glaucoma, glaucoma. Glaucoma, yes. Arthritis. Um, <sighs> all right. Uh, one of the other things uh, that was pretty noticeable in this uh, scene is that Ben and Juliet do not have any shoes on. True. Uh, nor socks, by the way. Mm. And um, I think that's very interesting. Uh, I've never believed that people who... Uh, you know, this idea that they are just walking around the jungle barefoot, um, especially now that we really know a lot about them, yeah. I think it's really ridiculous that they were doing that. Um, the only reason I can think you would want to walk around in the jungle without shoes... Is this idea that it lessens like tracks or something like that? Mm, like right. it's, it's harder to track you, which you know was one of the big things they said about the others. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and I guess I guess at this point Juliet's been there for a while, so maybe she's used to walking around barefoot. But mm-hmm. you know, why? I guess the I know I'm sort of rambling here, but um, it seems like you would only start walking around barefoot when you know after the plane crashes and you know there's other people on the island. Mm-hmm. Because before they should pretty much know no one is there, you know they they know of, of Rousseau presumably, uh, they should, and uh, but they really shouldn't. They don't have any reason, reason to believe anyone else is on the island. So why go through all the trouble of walking around barefoot? Mm-hmm. Um, especially someone like Juliet, who is a recent you know uh, person on the on the island, and she's you know not used to that. You know, um, you know, versus someone like Ben, who's been there all his life, and presumably, you know, they lived a very uh, naturalistic lifestyle or something before Dharma or whatever. But um, I don't know the whole the whole thing. I just thought it was weird why why they would be walking around without uh, without shoes on. Um, and it's a very small detail that I that I like that they did that they put in there. I just don't know why. Yeah, I mean, the others did that, you know. Um... When they were doing the whole dress-up thing, mm-hmm. um, they would walk around barefoot, and uh, uh, so it's—I mean—it's the same question, I guess, um, except like, why would they specifically do it? Maybe because, um, like, like in the season two finale, they were all barefoot on the dock. You know? mm-hmm. um, so they, that's just like part of the costume, but uh, you know, I don't know why bother. I—I I mean, they're—they're they're trying to pull off this uh, this charade i guess and they you know feel that that's um, important for them to not have shoes yeah i mean imagine walking through a jungle how like you know you're you're stepping on you know rocks and leaves oh yeah and And there's spiders that can paralyze you for hours spiders and and all i mean those jungles have tons of insects and you know and and you're walking over all kinds of stuff and mud and water and like it's it's a lot to go through for for a little charade yeah, I know. I wouldn't want to do it, but you know the others are, I guess, a little more determined. And, and, yeah, and I don't, I don't even see why they couldn't have, you know, got some like some, you know, very sort of meager sandals or something. Like, like I mean, the idea that they're supposed to be primitive. I mean, their clothes are, are pretty well done. You know, they're not they're not dressed like cavemen. You know. Their clothes yeah. are pretty well... T- isn't Ben, like, wearing a vest or something? He's got, like, a three-piece <laughs> suit on. I don't know. It's like, they, they went... The clothes aren't that, like, primitive to where, you know, if they didn't... If they could, you know, the, if it would be out of line for them to have, like, you know, some, like, strappy sandals or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, too bad you weren't there. You could have suggested it. You know, that's really why I want to work on the show, so I can suggest their footwear. 
because that's my life goal is to be unlost and be the footwear suggester. Well, I, the thing is, them being barefoot was a big thing at one point. I mean, I remember uh, a lot of discussion about that. And, yeah. You know, when Echo and Jen are hiding and they walk by barefoot and... Uh, it's like, it just seemed creepy, you know, they seemed all supernatural and stuff, and yeah. at this point they're just locked in, like, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, they can't really get out of the fact that they were walking around barefoot. Well, now. here's something for you. When, um, when, when Ben was captured as Henry Gale, he didn't have, he had shoes on, right? I don't didn't know. He, didn't he I... have a watch on, too? Am I making that up? I don't remember. I don't remember, but you know when he was doing Henry Gale, he he shouldn't have been in the in the you know primitive garb because he wasn't trying to disguise himself like that. He was trying to say he crashed there. So oh, that's sh- right. So he, he should have had been, that on. Yeah, he should have been. I don't remember what he was wearing though. So. Or I mean, that's the thing though. I mean, it, it goes back to the question of was he trying to get captured or not? I mean, yeah. I guess I guess you know the idea is he goes over there, and if he does get captured. He has this alibi of Henry Gale because, if or, he, if, or if even he, if like so he runs into somebody, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, in general, like yeah, if he runs into somebody, then he's got this alibi because, of course, he wouldn't want them to find him dressed like another, uh, right? Because they've been kidnapping and torturing them, right? Uh, so I'll buy that. Okay. Um, the other little question I had is why is that one monitor always on? Uh, you know, it's on when Paulo and you know first comes in and finds it, and like Ben comes in, and when he leaves, he you know he turns it from the the hatch channel or whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, the hatch feed. Um, but then he leaves the monitor on, and uh, it just seems like a weird thing to do because if you know if someone else comes in there, you know it's the first thing they're gonna notice is this monitor that's on. Yeah. You know, if if all the screens were off, it would sort of it would make it seem you know before you investigate that it does you know it's off. It may not work anymore. It looks old. Mm-hmm. But to have it on is to draw attention to what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's just an aesthetic choice because it does look kind of nice, you know. Yeah. Kind of um, creepy. But um, I don't know. Just weird. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a waste of power too. Yeah. Those others, they man, they can't get it right. I don't know if they pay for their power or what. But, they can't uh, possibly pay for their power. That's some alliteration. <laughs> possibly pay for their power. Um, but um, they can't. They If they do, I'm going to go watch Desperate Housewives. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you see last week's episode? <laughs> of Desperate Housewives? Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I need to catch up. I missed it. <sighs> Why do I even bother? Sorry, I didn't know. I, this is I showed up for the last podcast. What happened? Yeah, well, you know what happened is that uh, okay, I can't do it. I don't know any character's name on that show. Oh, you can't hear that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna start calling them by their actor names. Actor names. <laughs> <laughs> well, Felicity Huffman told Marsha Cross to. Uh, uh, yeah, no. Then oh, Ava Longoria said, "Nah." <laughs> and then they found the dead guy in the basement. Oh no! And it was Paulo. Oh! And he was just paralyzed. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. 
So, right before Apollo leaves, he finds a walkie-talkie, which is, of course, the one that uh, Sawyer and the gang find. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a walkie-talkie that Juliet apparently left behind, because when she comes in, she's carrying a walkie-talkie. Uh, and when she leaves, she is not. Um, and if you if you watch closely, when Ben is tuning the monitor, uh, you can kind of see that she's setting something down on the table. Uh, it's not really framed very well uh, for that, you know, for that revelation. But she she is sort of bending over to the side to do something. So mm-hmm. the idea is she set the walkie-talkie down, um, and of course she leaves it, uh, which. You know, if I was in a situation like this where these two pretty scary people just, you know, came and left and they left something, I really wouldn't want to take what they left because any second they could realize they left it and come back yeah. for it. Um, and that would scare me. I agree. But I well, guess, that would make me scared to, like, leave in general. But yeah, I would, I, would, I would stay there for a while to make yeah. sure they were gone. You know, I really wouldn't, yeah, that'd be scary. Because you run into that thing that people do in movies sometimes where they seem to leave and then you mm-hmm. come out. And, well, like, and they come back because they forgot something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's really weird. So, next scene, we got Hurley. Uh, he comes to talk to Desmond, you know, thinking that Desmond's powers could help. And, uh, you know, I have to say that Desmond is sort of turning into... Um, not like Locke, but he, but he, it's sort of that same thing where he, he was really cool and interesting, and then he got to the point where he was actually sort of mystical and interesting, mm-hmm. and now he's just sort of boring. Because mm-hmm. uh, every time Desmond is around these days, just like, oh, sorry, mate, I'm too depressed about I don't know what <laughs> to care about anything. Sorry, mate, this isn't my episode. I got nothing to say. Exactly. <laughs> Did you see me last week? I was good. <laughs> I did all kinds of shit last week. I did all I time traveled last week. <laughs> this week, I'm eating porridge, and I'm of no use. But I will tell you one thing. I saw Nikki yelling at Sawyer, so maybe you should go check that out. Ooh. That's um, my only contribution. That's the only contribution. What are you going to do, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he, he did it very well and with long, flowing hair. Yes, Always. 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 Long flowing hair that's exempt from any hair contest. Hey, hair that nice? It must be exempt. This is like a good, uh, a good, a good uh, tagline for like a conditioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, your hair will be so good, it'll be okay. <laughs> I have nothing. Um, I don't know how you word that to make it work, but. Uh... How about how about the product that's called Exemption? Oh, okay. And it's uh, and it's like um, Exemption hair so good. Okay, I'm back to the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The name of the shampoo didn't help. It didn't help. Exempt. Let's see. Exemption. Your hair will be too of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. Um. Yeah. A copywriting career I do not have in front of me. <laughs> the hard part for me about that is you have to convey what you're talking about in a like really slick way. Yeah. And uh, it's tricky. Um, well, that's the essence of copywriting. I guess it is, yeah. I am not a copywriter. 
Does it say that on your business card? Oh, though? sorry, but it's that's your thing. No, it's your. I was just wondering if it's on your business card. I, it's, yeah. uh, I know. I know that it says. It actually, no, it doesn't say that on my business card. My business card, unlike yours, is actually uh, not filled with um, jobs. Oh, really? Yeah. It's actually. Uh, it actually just has uh, has my name and um, some things I might like to do, but um, but yeah, not. Uh, oh, really? Not the crazy list that yours has. Wow. Yeah. It's like kayaking and skydiving. And, why, are you, why are your hobbies on your business see, card? <laughs> seeing Rome. I don't know. It's no, that's, like, a, that's another question they ask. Why you have hobbies listed in your... Do you, I don't think you and I understand the function of a business card. Apparently not. Is that... That's not... You don't give those to people to tell them, like... Yeah, yeah. What your interests are? Mine is a list of things that I'm not, and yours is a list of things you like to do. <laughs> wow. Maybe maybe one of our listeners can write in and tell us what the function of a business card Where is. Where did we go wrong? I don't know. You know, I went to business card school, and that's what I got out of it. Me too. Did you? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. We got different things out of it, though, so that's... We um... did. Oh, you probably went in the fall semester, and they changed oh. the they changed the curriculum in the spring. Oh, okay, of course, of course. Yeah, they always curriculum. Do that. Yeah, they always do that. You know, trying to make it better, and it invariably makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, or just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the next scene, uh, we've got. Um, what is going on? I don't even know anymore. Um, this is near where they're near where Nikki and Desmond. Um, what am I saying? <laughs> Nikki and Desmond. Uh, where Nikki and Paolo are laying, okay. and uh, Hurley tells Son and Charlie, you know what Desmond said. That basically, uh, you know, sort of more trying to implicate Sawyer. You know, this of course, along with you know uh, the idea that Sawyer has that gun he didn't tell anybody about. Um, so maybe Sawyer did it. Come Ooh. on, yeah, right. Um, and so we we see Vincent pulling the blanket from over Nikki and Paolo, and it's like, hey, Lassie's trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, girl, what is it, girl? What is it, girl? Did Nikki and Paolo get paralyzed? <laughs> um, well, you know, when I first when I first saw this, uh, I really, of course, hated it because I I hate when Vincent does anything sort of Lassie-like when it's just like, why is this dog bringing severed human arms with keys on them? Mm-hmm. Why is this dog brandishing, uh, you know, statues of the Virgin Mary with cocaine in them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and again, I thought, why is Vincent doing this? This is very weird and annoying just for a dog to do because he's just messing with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but maybe it's the idea that Vincent was trying to tell them that uh, Nikki and Paolo were in fact not dead, mm-hmm. um, and of course a part of that might mean uh, if if Vincent is in fact Smokey, okay. as uh, some distinguished podcasters uh, tend to uh, suggest. Um, <laughs> I don't know who those would be. Um, but I think I've heard that theory from someone very handsome. Um, <laughs> well-spoken and articulate, um, young man who likes long walks on the beach and, uh, okay. Uh, cause I don't like long walks on the beach and I'm not talking about me. 
Um, I was also thinking that if... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Log Lots on the Beach, but that's irrelevant, because there's nothing to do with me. <laughs> oh, man. The audience is like, get on with your stupid point. My point is, however stupid it might be, um, is that um, if Vincent is smoky and he's trying to tell them that Nikki and Paul are not dead... That might mean that uh, Smokey slash the island, if they're specifically connected, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't want Nikki and Paolo to die. Um, which I think would be an interesting point. Sure. Um, now, of course, we, we, like we, we sort of talked about earlier, later there's an implication that Smokey had something to do with, with uh, Nikki getting paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, that doesn't really fit in here, but... Um, you know, I have nothing else to say. Okay. <laughs> um, just wanted to make that point. Um, sure. So, at this point, uh, Charlie confesses to Son that it was actually him who took her, mm-hmm. uh, which is the a kind of thing I never thought they would they would actually talk about again because I didn't actually care in the first place. Yeah. Um, and you know, he basically says it was Sawyer's idea, and he was you know upset when Locke hit him, and blah blah blah. And this would be a way to get him back. Um, you know, all that stuff that we already know. Um, and then Son just sort of walks off, and Charlie's all sad. Um, the next scene is a flashback. We've got Locke and uh, Saeed and Desmond. They're going to the Pearl Station. And uh, this is, you know, when Nikki and Paolo decide to go with them. Uh, so this is, like, question mark, right? No, um, no, no. This is... Uh, I mean, um... Is... <laughs> Ooh, yikes. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, no. This is um, the cost of living. This is the cost of living. Sorry. I, I just, every time I think of Locke and, Locke and, like, the Pearl Station and having to do with Echo, I think of, you know... Yeah, it was very much a sequel to Question Mark, I think. Question Mark the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> the cost of living. Um, so we get to the Pearl Station, and, you know, it's sort of a you know another scene uh, from the original, from that episode, The Cost of Living. And But we find Paolo in the bathroom, and now we get to see what he was doing in there. Um, we didn't think we wanted to know. <laughs> I have to say, who thought? I certainly didn't think he was doing anything. I yeah. just thought he was using the bathroom and being Paolo. Yeah, and this actually, you know, I think makes Paolo seem a little, not not more interesting, but less crappy. Yeah. Because now we know, you know, as we see, you know, he was basically getting the diamonds out of the toilet tank. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was just, he was preoccupied. So in that much reviled line, oh, computers, computers, you see computers? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Um, yeah. He was saying that because he literally was sort of flustered about the whole situation and anxious and nervous and didn't really, you know, didn't want to be there, um, you know, because he wanted to go and because he just had these, di- he just got these diamonds. So yeah. it makes, it, I, I applaud the writers for the foresight. Uh, and of course, it's their job to have the foresight, but, you know, they don't always get it right. So no. applaud them when they do get it right. Uh, the foresight to write his character appropriately and um, in, in the cost of living, uh, yeah. because they obviously knew what was going on uh, during that during that scene, so they were able to write it appropriately. So, 
yeah, it's uh, it makes that scene seem a lot better in retrospect. Um, yeah, that I uh, that I know what what was going on there. It's like, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, it's he's still like crappy in a way, but like at least he wasn't just a complete, you know, buffoon mm-hmm. in that scene. You know, coming out, oh, the toilet works, whatever. You know, so uh, yeah, I know. I was really, I was shocked as soon as I saw him hide it in there. I, I just it blew my mind. I'm like, yep. I can't. I can't believe they even care enough to like justify that. Yeah, well, you know, I, you know, I also, I also wonder. I meant to mention that earlier. You know, I, would you really want to hide your diamonds in a place that you know other people have visited? <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, the odds that they would go look at a toilet tank are pretty small. But I do want to mention the top of the toilet tank was off when he got mm-hmm. there, right? Was it? I think it was. I don't remember. Um, I can't say that I do either. Um, nonetheless, you know, this place isn't as secret as he may have thought. Yeah. And uh, I think I would at least uh, have rethought my plan there. Yeah, if nobody had gone down there, I I feel like it was a decent place. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's Paulo. Oh, it's Paulo. Paolo. Oh, pa- Paolo. It's Paolo. I call him Paolo because I don't want to enunciate that much. Yeah. It's um, rough, I just looked it up. The toilet tank was not off already. So oh, okay. He's fine. Good. Um, good. It Somewhat. Weird. Somewhat. But uh, anyway, uh, you ready to go to the next scene? Yes. Okay. Um, it still doesn't explain, though why they didn't uh, use the computer that was already there in the station. I, no. I kind of thought they might explore that since we were doing, getting this sort of flashback. Mm-hmm. We might get to see them say something uh, about that, but no, you know, whatever. Like maybe, a cut line or something? Yeah, maybe next season we'll get, <laughs> we'll get another scene and we'll, we'll get that line. We'll get that explanation of that. Well, what about the computers? Oh, we turned it on. They don't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be just as interesting. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't write the show. I realize that was a crappy scene. <laughs> <laughs> I that, but no, I don't really think it can be more interesting than that. <laughs> That's the thing. It, it, I can see them doing it, but it just won't be interesting. Hopefully, with a little more, I don't know, little style. pizzazz, razzle dazzle. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that that'll be great, man. Like Saeed, we have this scene, and Saeed is trying to make the computer work, and he like gives it a little karate chop on the side, razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, Nikki comes over and does it. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. She's like, oh, I think I can make this computer work. Razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah, and like he just looks at her like she's crazy, and she's like, it works against Mister Lashard, mm-hmm. or not really, but. No, not really. Working against his goon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see her doing that, shrugging her shoulders. Oh, well, it worked on TV. <laughs> Had to try. Had to try. Did it make it worse, Saeed? I don't think it did. Well, as a matter of fact, I do believe it did. You broke it. <laughs> uh, I always want to do. I always want to do an English accent when I when I do Saeed these days. Hey, it's not too far. Yeah, yeah. I am a totterer. My name is Saeedra. I am a totterer. Okay, that's bad. Yeah, well. 
You know what's not bad is the next scene. Oh, okay. Uh, where well, it might be bad. Let's see. We're back at the beach, and uh, the gang is uh, digging Paolo, Paolo, and Nikki's grave, uh, graves, and um, Hurley comes to Sawyer and demands the guns, and he asks if Sawyer killed him. Blah blah blah. Hurley, you're on the wrong track as usual. Um, Sawyer says that you know. Uh, Nikki was yelling because she wanted a gun, and that he sort of put two and two together when he when he when they found her that uh, you know she had dirt under her fingernails and he she, he apparently saw a fresh mound of dirt so he figured she was hiding something, and uh, he takes out the diamonds and gives them to Son and says hey here you take them because uh, I didn't kill him, <laughs> which I don't know what that why that proves you didn't kill him Sawyer but uh, I think I see your point. Um, this also made me think that Sawyer, you know, the fact that Sawyer gave Son the diamonds, uh, or sort of just in general gave away the diamonds, uh, would mean suggest that uh, he doesn't think they're getting rescued, like, ever. Yeah. At least, like, anytime soon. But, like, ever, he sort of, re- you know, relinquished that, that idea. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is plausible. It's been 80 days. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, so, I had a quick question about this. Sawyer, you know, was fairly quick to turn over the diamonds. I wonder, if, could there have been anything else in that little diamond satchel uh, that he may have taken? Now, I know he gets the diamonds back in the end, so it doesn't really matter if he, like, took something out of there or not. But I was just wondering if there was maybe... You know, I just don't see Sawyer giving up diamonds, even though, you know, there's no use for them, but... I guess it doesn't matter since he gets him back at the end. Yeah, he gets him back and then he gets to dump him on the bodies. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he kept some or whatever, but I like yeah. to think he didn't. Well, I'd like to think there was something else in there besides the diamonds that uh, was valuable. Well, I'd like to think that too, but like I don't maybe a white and black rock, maybe. Oh, oh, oh maybe plot twist. plot twist, the little twister. Uh, yes, please, red hand on yellow. I actually saw that on some forum. Somebody saying maybe the diamonds are the white. <laughs> yeah, that I was don't know me. How that works, but uh, that was me. Thank you very much. Somehow the, uh, you know, I I mean the time is crazy, but somehow their bodies got transplanted to the past, and so the diamonds turned to black and white rocks, and I don't know. Okay, that wasn't me. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's just ridiculous. I, uh, yeah, wow, that the bodies, that, that the bodies were Nikki and Paolo? Mm-hmm. Wow. The bodies were Nikki and Paolo. If, if, um, I could believe that in pretty much no sense, uh, <laughs> of the word believe, <laughs> um, but I could see that happening only if they like didn't bury Nikki and Paolo. If they, I don't. But of course, what else would they do with them at this point? But um, I can, and I can believe that only a little bit because there is some time travel going on here. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't believe that the diamonds like would turn into black and white rocks. But uh, but uh, the fact that there is some time travel going on here, you know, is interesting with that idea. But of course, they buried them and. All that, and it, you know, they would have to be dug up sometime in the future, and then like moved, and then like sent back in time. So, for all those reasons and more, let's go to the next scene. Okay. Uh, the next scene, we have Nikki and Paolo. They're talking on the beach. Um, 
And Apollo basically says, you know, he thinks that finding the diamonds was a good thing uh, because it keeps them together, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Sappy, sappy, sappy. Um, and then Apollo gets up and leaves. And, of course, what does he leave behind? Oh, some incriminating evidence. He, Nikki oh, finds his, his... I mean, nicotine, nicotine gum. Yeah, he finds his nicotine gum. Oh, nicotine gum, please. Oh, excuse me. Yes, excuse me. yes. I don't believe that uh, Nicorette is an official sponsor of ABC's hit TV show, Lost. <laughs> Although they would be wise to get some ad time, since it's popular with uh, the 18 to uh, 35 demographic... And both males and females. Um, I agree. All of whom should quit smoking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All of whom could benefit from Nicorette Gum, sponsor of the Lost Lowdown. Um, I just say that out of habit. I've known a few people who quit smoking, so uh, I just I it's the brand is indistinguishable from what it is to me. Yeah, it's like Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's just it's just one of those things where the brand name becomes the, the name of the, the product itself. Yeah. I would like to recommend Nicorette CQ if you don't like to chew gum and would like to wear a piece of plastic on your arm. <laughs> okay. Hey. It's a, it's a viable option. There you go. There you go. Everything Everything's in America, folks. The land of the free, home of the brave. And of Nicorette. Gum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, like you know, we mentioned it before with with Juliet leaving behind the walkie-talkie, and now Apollo leaves behind his gum. You know, I, it's really weird that everybody's leaving stuff behind these days. Um, and it's weird, I think, that he would just sort of have it on him so casually. But I guess he really wasn't thinking or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, that's. I found it really hard to believe Juliet left her walkie-talkie. I find, yeah, I agree. I think it's really hard to believe that she not only, you know, left it, but just sort of kept on going and didn't apparently return for it. Because yeah. uh, at some point she would realize, you know, because when you leave something, you know, you, you have that idea that, you're, you know, something should be in your hand. You know, like mm-hmm. with the walkie-talkie, you would have that idea, wait, something, what's going on? Oh, I left my walkie-talkie, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point she should realize that. Now, maybe we'll get a scene, oh, you know, some other time or some sort of reference that, uh, you know, that she went back or she realized she left it and decided, like, oh, it's too far to go back to get or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see if that ever happens. And, you know, I, I want to... You have to wonder, what was the purpose of him finding the walkie-talkie anyway? If it's, I'm assuming they're going to use that um, in some future plot. Um, but, that, but it's a setup for something. Okay, I'll buy that. Because if it's just so that they can implicate... The Nikki and or Apollo are working with the others. That's just sort of weak. I agree. Um, so, no, you're right. It seems like a setup. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but... Um, well, they could communicate They could communicate with, uh, you know, the people at the at O-Town. Yeah. With that, presumably. Well, yeah, but I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I guess that's what I mean, like... Well, let me, just, let, me, like... let me tell you how exactly it's going to work. Okay. Uh, first... Uh, no, I'm kidding. This is spoilers, guys. So this is spoilers. Yeah, cover your ears. Cover your ears, please. No, I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought you had a like whole thing worked out. Okay. No, I don't. I'm not that good. All right. Because well, there's so many things they can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I'm stuck. <laughs> 
I guess. I don't know. That's not really why I'm stuck. But never mind. All right. Thanks, Grandpa. You're welcome. Um. So again, I wrote at this point. I wrote in my notes uh, that you know I thought it. I found it hard to believe that uh, Nikki and Paolo never said anything about the plane or the hatch. And uh, and I think at this is it this scene. Uh yeah right oh okay yeah 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 they've already gone with 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 uh with Locke and the group to the uh, to the Pearl Station so I thought it was really I found it hard to believe that they wouldn't mention the hatch when they're going to the hatch you know it's one thing if you you know you find something on the island and you sort of you know never mention it to other people but when they're going to that place you think they would have would have mentioned something. You know, or like, you know, Nikki would have said, "Oh, we we've been here before. We found this a while ago," or or Paula would have, you know, or because Paula's not gonna say anything. Cause, Paula isn't gonna say shit. Yeah, he's not gonna say anything because he doesn't want to get incriminated. But um, so anyway, I thought that was that was sort of weird that you know they have they have them going to, you know, like did Nikki? I don't even remember it now, but did Nikki even comment on the fact that the plane had fallen? Um. I, I I should go look at that scene again and, and cost of living. I wonder what Nikki and Paolo said about about the fact that the plane had fallen. I remember she said, uh, uh, "Echo's brother's in that plane." Yeah, God. <laughs> I remember that too. I try to forget every day, and it's very hard to. Echo's brother's in that plane. <laughs> oh man. I don't know what to do. I think we turned them into Sesame Street characters. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nikki. My name's Elmo. Um, let's see. Do 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 do. Uh, I'm just doing a little thing here. Don't mind me. It's time uh, to hold on the last slowdown. Claude's looking up something so he can make a point about it. So listen to him sing while he wastes time. Doody doody do. Okay, I gotta concentrate <laughs> on what I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> You're singing too much. I'm singing too much. Uh, okay. Okay, so anyway, in that scene in Cost of Living, okay, they come, they come into the clearing and they see, you know, they see the plane on the ground and Locke is speaking to Saeed. He says, the hatch is over there by the plane. Uh, why don't you take everybody down? Now, okay, yeah, Locke is uh, definitely, uh, this is the second time he's been here, okay. And so he says, and you, he goes, I'll be there in a minute and what is Echo looking for, blah, blah. And then Nikki says, of course, his brother's body is in that plane. Mm-hmm. And and then Nikki and Paula and Saeed go down into the Pearl Station. So at at no point that we saw did they ever mention that, that Nikki and Paula ever mentioned that the plane had fallen and that they knew that the plane was at one time on the cliff. Um, well, I mean that should be sort of common knowledge. I mean if everybody knows how Boone died, you know. Oh, that's I mean, true. So. You know. Well, don't you think at least they would have said, like, um, is this the plane that killed Boone or something? Yeah. You know, I mean, if, it w- given that, I think they should have said some other stuff. You know, like, been at least a little inquisitive about what's going on. Yeah. Um, 
And I just thought, I mean, if, and that's the thing. I feel like I feel like Paula would have made a point that the plane fell, but of course, you know, you know, just to rub it in, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and then maybe even you know when Boone died from that, uh, that um, he could have said something to Nikki at the time. See, if yeah. I would have went up there, blah blah blah. But right. uh, you know, I kind of feel like they didn't really they didn't really know what happened to Boone. They like knew he died and knew something happened, but I could see them not really knowing it was a pl- it was plane related. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're you know they're on the outskirts of everything um, in terms of the flow of information. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. If they knew Echo's brother was in there, I feel like they could know, but maybe they didn't. Well, didn't they? But didn't they say that in this episode, though? Didn't someone mention that Echo's brother was in there in this episode, like, recently in this episode? I mean, or I should say in that episode? In I don't think Rangers. anyone said it to them. Oh, really? I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember. Um... Let's see. Do, 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 do. I mean, at some point, oh. someone must have, but, you know, because they wouldn't just, like, know that, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, they really had an opportunity to deal with Boone's death in this episode. Um, it's interesting if they just uh, skipped over that. Hmm. Anyway. What do you mean? Well, you know, they had uh, Ian Somerhalder around. Um, you know, they could have um, they could have depicted that time if they wanted to. Um, but they chose not to. Well, I mean, what's there to show? You mean, oh, you mean just that, just like a different perspective from what was going on during that yeah. time? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or maybe it was, maybe it was just, maybe they did and they cut it for time like everything else. I don't know. Well, I mean, there really, really, really wouldn't have been a reason to in terms of what's going on in these plot lines. Yeah. You know? It obviously would have had to been like you know, you know maybe Paulo saying, you know finding you know they find out that 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 uh, Boone is dying and dead and then Paulo could have said you know, good thing I didn't go up there or something but you know mm-hmm. would have had to they would have had the service to plot somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go to the next scene, uh, which uh, Nikki uh, sort of a flashbacky thing. Nikki comes to Sawyer to ask for a gun. Sawyer says no, you know, um, wisely. Um, that's why there's a five-day waiting period on gun uh, purchases, because you don't want to buy a gun and get a gun when uh, you're angry. Mm-hmm. Um, learn from my mistake, folks. Learn from my mistake. Uh, so Nikki walks off, um, and then Sawyer, Sawyer says as she walks off, Who the hell are you? <laughs> and again, as I have said before, uh, it's really, it's really uh, irked me that that he kept consistently saying, "Who are you? Who are you? Who are you?" When we've already got that, um, they've already made that point clear. So I just don't see why they keep doing that. Because uh, at this point, I think it's just ridiculous. Um, but uh, anyway, um, next scene: uh, Son confronts Sawyer about the kidnapping. Uh, and this is, I think this scene was really funny because before we had a big group of people helping to dig the graves, and then now we've got Sawyer digging the grave all by himself. Um, which of course, um, makes sense because Sawyer, uh, son needs to confront Sawyer, preferably alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that for some reason he's the only one digging, um, all of a sudden. And then, uh... And then the next scene, we, we see Hurley with a shovel in his hand as if 
he had been helping digging the whole time. Um, but anyway, thought that was a weird little production production uh, continuity error, I guess. Um, or unless everyone took a break, but Sawyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. Um, Sun gives him the diamonds back and sort of, you know, uh, tells him off, and then, you know, to a small degree, and um, and then Sawyer says, you know, see, I thought I was gonna get out of this without a slap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which was <laughs> well deserved. Uh, you know. And uh, I, although I thought I thought it was weird the way the way his phrase came off because he sort of was saying you know you know oh I thought I was going to get out of this without something bad happening and then something bad happens um, which I thought was weird because it seems like he should have said that after something bad happens if uh, if that makes sense oh uh, well I think he was going to say see I thought I was going to get out of this without a lesson. And uh, I think he was referring to her giving him the diamonds back. Mm-hmm. That without being a... some sort of lesson. Oh, without a lesson? Yeah. Why would that be a lesson? A lesson about, I don't know, the fact that the diamonds are worthless. I don't get it. I mean, there's not much to get. The diamonds are worthless here. They have no value. They're not worth, you know... Going to the trouble. Oh, oh, you're saying, oh, okay, 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 okay. You're saying his comment was about what Sun did. See, yeah. I thought the comment was about, I thought the comment was setting up the slap, basically. But you're saying the comment was in response to, you know, this idea that she, she was like the lesson of the fact that diamonds are worthless or something. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense then. That makes sense. Um,. Yeah, that's why I thought it was because see, I was thinking it was about the slap. So I thought, you know, you know, the thing should come first, and then he should say that, you right. know, that line, and that they were reversed in my in my view of it. So I thought it was really weird. But okay, he's saying that because of the the idea she's he's uh, the the lesson of the diamonds or whatever. Yeah, it's um, like a comeback, like like uh, oh yeah, wow. I thought I thought you know I was gonna get out of. Uh, you know, you finding out without, you know, you giving me some kind of life lesson or whatever. And, mm-hmm. But in the middle of that, he gets interrupted with a slap. So, yeah, yeah that's, um, anyway. Uh, next scene, uh, like I said, we've got Hurley standing with the shovel in his hand like he's been working all day. I don't know. I like to, I like to think Sawyer did all the work. Maybe it's penance for, <laughs> Do uh, you? penance for, uh, his, um, past transgressions. Ah. Yeah, I do. I like to think he uh, he cared enough to uh, dig the grave uh, g- graves when everyone else were off doing something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Hurley's given the eulogy. You know, he gives an appropriate Hurley eulogy that's of both course. touching and and comical, but not too much, not, not too, too funny, because we got to be respectful. Yeah, and. Um, one of my little questions here, you know, Hurley says he loved Expose, and one of my little questions was I was wondering why he didn't he didn't seem to recognize Nikki. Uh, of course, she was just a guest star in the show. Uh, presumably, you know, the episode that she was filming, that last one, aired after 
um, you know, the plane crash. So of course she wouldn't have seen that episode. Yeah. But you know, she was she was most likely on multiple episodes. And if you really love the show, I feel like he he could have seen her, um, in at least one or two. Um, so I thought he presumably should recognize her. I think it's possible, but he was going through all that drama with the numbers and going to Australia to find that woman. I can see him missing a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. You know. Specifically, the one she's in. Um, well, if you miss any episodes, you can't really love it. <laughs> well, I mean, we both know that's true, but yeah, Hurley, you know, he's Hurley. Yeah, it's Hurley. Jeez. Um, but it's just see. you know, I think it's one of those things where they didn't want him to recognize her. I don't know. Uh, like maybe he should have, but whatever he didn't. So find some reason why he didn't recognize her. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Next scene, Nikki takes uh, Apollo out into the jungle, and you know she knows about the diamond. She knows he has them, and uh, you know he basically she basically says, "Hey, you know, I found your gum. I know you found your bag, the bag, and you know that's where the diamonds were." And. Um, you know, I and again I thought at this point, you know, he should have he should have realized that he lost his gum and been a little bit suspicious about what Nikki was doing because, you know, if he thought at all that she found that, you know, she would have known what was going on. But uh, I guess he just left the gum behind and never never thought about it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is weird when you sort of need it as he needed it. Um so Nikki throws the spider on Paolo, and he goes down. And uh, and as as he's as he's getting more and more paralyzed, she's explaining what the spider venom does. And uh, then Nikki starts searching him for diamonds and looks in his shoe, because uh, if I was hiding diamonds, I'd put them in my shoe. That's just a logical place. Um, and uh, uh, Paolo, right before he you know can't speak anymore, he explains that you know he was really scared that Nikki would leave him. If, if she found the diamonds and he was sort of doing it, you know, sort of being, you know, deceitful for non, you know, sort of selfish reasons. Uh, well, I guess that is sort of selfish. I don't know. Selfish in a different way. From... Like, nicely selfish. Yeah. <laughs> selfish with the best intentions. Uh, like Santa Claus. Yeah, figure that one out for yourself. Uh, whatever that means. Let's see. So at this point, uh, we hear a strange, familiar sound. Uh, sounds like Smokey is lurking around, and we see several spiders coming out of the jungle. And uh, Nikki gets bit, and uh, she runs and hides the diamonds. And of course, all that activity of running and digging will, of course, just speed up the process of her getting paralyzed because the venom is going to circulate her system a lot faster. Mm. Um, which, which I think, you know, it's just sort of an editing thing, but I think, you know, she, she obviously was, you know, was fully paralyzed a lot quicker than Paolo was, at least how they, how they cut it together. So it seems to make sense anyway, because she was running and digging and yeah. being all crazy. Um, so, and she falls and we, we get, you know, back to the, the, one of the first scenes in the, in the episode, she falls before Hurley and Sir, Sawyer, and we hear that she said, paralyzed. Um, and we kick ourselves for not knowing that's what she said in the first place. Yeah. Um, Even though, if you go back and listen to it, the first time it's like oh, not of course. that clear at all. Oh, of course. 
It barely even sounds like it, even when you know what she said. Yeah. When I watched it again, I was like, it's still like, it sounds more like Paolo lies to me. Mm-hmm. In the original, it's just, yeah, it's different. But whatever, that's a classic thing, and uh, I like it, even though it's yeah. kind of, whatever, used up. So, um, you know, as they're, as they're covering up the, the, the bodies with the dirt, you know, they're filling in the grave, uh, we get that gray shot as we talked about before. With Nikki waking up, um, uh, right before you know, or something. I don't, I don't know how the timeline really works, but her eyes, her eyes open either, you know, specifically or uh, or just uh, you know, sort of mentally or something, emotionally. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, metaphysically, her eye, her third eye opens, and uh, she's reborn. I don't know. Uh, so basically, they're buried alive, um, and you know, which I didn't, I, I, I didn't really like at, at first. I'm like, oh okay, and then I'm like, I just, uh, I just, I guess it just to me, it's just too harsh. I don't know. It's just, I mean, I've know people have been beaten to death by Smokey and like blown up and like you know all these other really sort of horrible deaths. Uh, but buried alive, I thought was just really harsh, and uh, I guess I just thought it was uncalled for. Um, and I guess especially since they gave the, uh, us the idea that they, you know, that they woke up before, you know, almost just in time. I think that sort of made it worse for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because if if they had buried them, you know, an hour before they would have woken up, you know, they they would have died before they would have woken up, and they would have, you know, sort of died a somewhat peaceful death because, you know they really shouldn't have been able to feel any pain. Um, so they would have just sort of suffocated to death, and that's the end. And it's, you know... But the fact that they almost woke up and, uh, and that they're buried alive, and uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess I thought that was just too harsh, and I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I found the harshness appealing. Um, it, uh, it gave it this, uh, this tone. Like, the music they used at the end, too, was really, like, intense. Yeah. It was really creepy, intense, like... Durr! Yeah. And just like perfect in Tales from the Crypt kind of ending. And I just, I don't know. I, it was, the whole episode had that odd tone to it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I was really shocked. The ending really shocked me. I, uh, uh, and so, I don't know. I, I can see how it sort of doesn't seem to fit in with the tone of the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, maybe that bothers me on some level. But like as a self-contained episode, you know, just looking at it independently... Um, I like it, so I don't know. I guess I'm mildly torn about it, but mm-hmm. um, but overall, I think I I think I liked it. Um, well, that's it for the episode recap. Yep. Um, what else we got? Well, um, I want to say I want to throw out a couple of things um, from the latest official podcast. Okay. Uh, I was listening to that uh, today, and uh, just to hear it again, um, to make sure I tried to say everything. Unfortunately, I didn't like write down, you know, a transcript of what they said. Um, but uh, but I'll try to paraphrase for you. So this week, um, no Damon, uh, but they did have Carlton and uh, the two writers of this episode. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah. So that was a little change. Uh, Damon uh, was supposedly busy or something. So anyway, yeah. Oh, Damon. 
But uh, since Carlton was around, at least she knew. Somebody know who knows what he's talking about was there. So. <laughs> Besides the people who wrote the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, those guys, you know, whatever. They know something, but, you know, how much can you trust them? I don't know. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so what I found out, the, the most interesting thing about it, to me at least, was that um, when season three was starting and they were making their plans for season three, uh, Carlton said they were, they were very ambitious about what they could accomplish in season three, and uh, it was their intention to um, their intention was to use Nikki and Paolo to basically to uh, bring out the experience of the red shirts, you know, to uh, to uh, show us what it was like to be one of those characters uh, mm-hmm. during all these events. You know, of the major players that we've seen, you know, how did they sort of view all this stuff? And that was their, that was sort of the fundamental idea behind Nikki and Paolo. Um, but uh, uh, what they said was, what he said was, you know, that, that by the time they got through with the others, you know, the initial other subplot and they finally got back to the beach and looked at what they had to do for the season, they realized that they didn't really have time to do sort of everything with Nikki and Paolo that they had originally, you know, envisioned. They envisioned spending more time with them than this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, this this episode was sort of a distillation of everything they wanted to do with them. Um, this might have been spread out a little more in their original vision mm-hmm. um, than it was. It was so sort of compact, you know, uh, I think, but I think, yeah. um, I think they originally planned to do more with them, and so uh, but they, they basically realized they, they didn't have time for it. And, and you know, to do that and deal with the actual storyline that's going on, uh, that's you know really important. Yeah, I so, could see the uh, I could see them stretching out the whole diamond thing and the finding of the bag and mm-hmm. and where are the diamonds and who has them and I could see them stretching that out for you know every for for a little bit. Yeah, me too. Like even incorporating it to other people's episode, like just a little part of it, you know, mm-hmm. and then it, then it comes up later. And they've done that before, so. Yeah, I think that's, you know, if the, if the season were like five episodes longer or something, maybe we would see something like that play out. But uh, but as it is, this was about, this was pretty much what they had planned for him, but it was just kind of like condensed, you know, into one episode. Because they didn't want to just like not put him in there at all, but they didn't have time to really, you know, have it go on for too long. So, um, mm-hmm. so it seems kind of abrupt, I think. Like, you know, we barely knew him, like, and... You know, in their episode, they they seem to be dead within the first like you know, minute of the episode or something. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I thought it was an interesting view. They basically were just a little ambitious about what they could have time to do um, in one season, and so uh, yeah. So anyway, that's a little behind the scenes um, view of that. Uh, interesting. Whole thing. Of course, I recommend that you go hear them say that, uh, or Carlton say that himself. Uh, he probably. Well, I don't know. Be more interesting to listen to than me, but uh, but uh, never. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a there's some other things in there too, um, but uh, there's a, there's kind of a spoiler in there for next week's episode, um, so you might want to avoid it or avoid the end of it at least if you don't want to get that. But, uh, but well, what's uh, this? What's the spoiler? So we know what not to go here. Well, I didn't. I mean, I'm I'm afraid to. Uh, get, I guess it's not a huge spoiler. Yeah, whatever. I'm kidding. Yeah, okay, don't good. don't say anything. I thought you wanted me to say it, and I was afraid. Oh come on. 
I get scared. Um, I got a couple things to mention from the podcast before that. Because ah. uh, we're sort of podcasting late here, and uh, that's why there's the new podcast out already. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I want to mention, uh, Damon hints, as he does so, so well, that K-Tor, Saeed's cat, uh, Jack's dad, uh, came from the box. Um, You're right, yeah. Which is very, very interesting. Um, Specifically... What? Well, I was going to say specifically because none of those people, you know, asked for those things. Mm -hmm. None of those people went to a location to ask for a horse or a box or a cat or... You know, and then there, of course, is the other strangeness with with Saeed's cat being, of course, uh, Nadia, mm-hmm. uh, Mikhail's cat. Uh, how that cat could have been that not only real enough to like ha- be hanging around that that much, but was sort of there before uh, Saeed got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's an anomaly in that whole that whole thing. Um, what were you going to say about it? I, I, I just wanted to point out the prevailing theory uh, about uh, Kate's horse and Jack's dad and other things is that it was Smokey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how that fits in um, with all this, but uh makes me wonder. I think, if, uh, I think, I think whatever the box is and, and Smokey should be pretty, pretty related and I think what makes it seem more like Smokey to me is that, you know, the, the, whatever the, th- the thing is sort of disappears, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't want to think that, you know, in the instance of, like, Nadia, of the cat, of Nadia, uh, that it, it, it could sort of just hang around that long. Although I do like to believe Vincent is, is, is Smokey. So maybe, I don't know. But that's the thing. It's like, is, can Smokey exist in more than one place at once? Mm-hmm. You know, because presumably Vincent's on the aisle, you know, at the beach, and then Nadia the cat is, um, <laughs> which is a phrase I never thought I'd say. Nadia the cat, yikes! Nadia the cat is um, over with Mikhail. So I sort of asked a question like that a while ago, uh, back in season one. Uh, they show at the end of season one, they show Vincent, um, you know, going after uh, Walt and Michael. You know, when they're leaving on the on the mm-hmm. raft. Um, you know, he sort of swims out after them and then comes back. And, you know, really close to that scene, like I think right after that scene, they hear the smoke monster, the, you know, the Jack and Locke and all them, you know, hear the smoke monster on the other side of the island. So um, it made me ask, you know, whether uh, whether it could it could pull that off or not. Mm-hmm. You know, being, being in more than one place at once. Which, you know, as weird as the thing is, I, I don't care if it can or not. I mean, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me if it did. You know, because it's just such a bizarre yeah. thing. Like, why? You know, why not? Maybe there's two of them. Who knows? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it wouldn't bother me. I think it. I think it makes it even more strange if it, if it can sort of do that. Unless there is multiple of them, and then then it's like, okay, well, I mean, even that's crazy too. Because that's ugh, that's weird. That's scary. I don't want there to be multiple Smokies. Um, the other thing uh, that they mentioned uh, is that Locke's attitude about the island and the others, i.e., you know, the fact that they sort of use technology, will eventually come into play. Um, you know that that they're that the others are going to sort of re- you know realize that maybe um, what they're doing is isn't isn't the best thing. 
uh, which which might mean that they will leave O Town at some point, mm-hmm. uh, which might correlate to my um, or which would correlate to my other crazy theory that uh, the Losties will uh, move into O Town. Oh, wow! That'll change the show. Hey, it's a good way to to spice it up, right? I guess so. That'd change really location. They're all just like hanging out in the houses and like they're really not going home. <laughs> they're really not going home. Damn. Yeah. Um, Starting up a school, and uh, not that there's kids, but uh, I don't know. I feel like they should start up a school. Anyway, sorry. Uh, the other thing that they hinted at is that someone who died, um, and this is a spoiler, actually. So this is. Oh no! This is uh, no, no. I mean, it's not really a spoiler. Sort of. A, I mean, you don't really know what I'm gonna. I mean, what it is, who it is, but it's just sort of a general spoiler, I guess. So I just want to do a little bit of a crappy warning um that someone who is is apparently dead is 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 might not be dead um so i mean that's a weak spoiler but still uh and of course i'd like to speculate that it's mikhail uh because we never saw anyone uh, actually verify that he was dead Mm -hmm. um so he's in line to be the, the the likely character sure who else could it be? I mean, I mean, they said this before the Nikki and Paolo episode too, so they're they're not uh, so they're not in the running, right? Yeah, there's some people who think Nikki and Paolo are gonna live, but I'd like to throw my whatever I don't know. What do you throw? My hat. I want to throw my hat in the ring that says. Does the ring say anything? I don't. Never mind. I think Nikki and Paolo are dead. So if you throw your hat in the ring, doesn't that mean you give up? Oh, that's a towel. Throw in the towel. Okay, sorry. That's yeah, different. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a different throwing of an object. <laughs> yeah, you throw your hat in the ring means like you get into it, but because throwing in the towel, I mean, it's is it is it a boxing ring too? Yeah. So they're both boxing ring metaphors. I guess. I don't know what I don't know where else the towel could be. I see the towel in the boxing ring. Pretty no, easily. no, throwing the towel is absolutely a boxing metaphor. Yeah, throwing throwing your hat in the ring seems like a weird boxing metaphor. Um, I don't know how that would work. Uh, like, that's how you challenge someone or something. I don't know. I don't well, know. I thought it, I thought throwing the hat in meant like in terms of like betting. Like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna take that bet. Oh, because that's sort of how you used it. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to use it like like there were two rings, and whichever one you threw your hat in was the one you agree with. I, it it was it, the the metaphor wasn't working for me, so Yikes. I had to stop. Yeah, that's I mean that's what it was turning into. I I think it's supposed to mean like I don't even know anymore. Now that I think about I think. It. Uh, I think that in the early 19th century, when boxing was quite popular, one who wished to challenge a boxer would throw his hat at the ring. This was probably necessitated by the crowds and noise at such events. Um, you'd be uh, you'd be missed if you simply tried to shout out a challenge or push your way through the crowd and into the ring. John Hamilton Reynolds wrote in The Fancy, quote, <laughs> throw in his hat and, and with a spring... And with the spring... <laughs> Uh, sorry, I can't think of the next word. Uh, gallantly within the ring. Um, that is obviously from 1820 and is the first recorded use of the term. 
Now, I also would just like to hypothesize that the phrase soon came to be used figuratively to mean, quote, enter a contest, and then, quote, to enter a political contest. Now, why I'm quoting myself, I don't know, because uh, I'm coming up with this theory on my own. Theodore Teddy Roosevelt used it in 1912, quote, again, strangely, my hat's in the ring, end quote. Uh, he said, meaning that he had entered the presidential race. So that's where I just, off the top of my head, think the phrase comes from. Okay. Yeah, so the way I was using it was, was not quite working, and that's why I had to stop. Yeah, okay. Because, um, yeah, I was imagining, like, throwing your hat in the ring was, like, giving a vote or something, I think. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was. It was more of, of you, you know, the ring being some sort of idea, and you throw your hat in that ring, meaning you're in line with that idea. Yeah. Yeah, but it's really yeah. Like well, I'm shame gonna... on us for not knowing our 18th century <laughs> phrases. Oh, that was very interesting. I didn't know you were such a wealth of knowledge. Well, I'm not. I just guessed that. Oh. Um, yeah. I did, I did, and actually, I just, I saw that the exact same thing is at phrases.org.uk. Oh. Um, so, I'm going to see what's going on there. Maybe I wrote this to them at some point and oh, forgot okay. about it. Yeah, that's what I think happened. So, back to Carlton and Damon. Uh, oh, there's nothing else I have to say. <laughs> I thought I had another thing, but that was all of my things about the last, the podcast before last. Uh, but I do have a question for you. Okay. Question boy. <laughs> um, that's me. That's you. Um, Ask me questions on question boy. Ask me a question today. Is that your, is that your question boy song? I guess. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um... <laughs> I, it's a work in progress. Please keep working. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what's the deal with Nikki and her acting? Do you really think she was a real actress? Or do you think that she sort of slept her way to get that role so she could get closer to uh, Harold? Because, I mean, it doesn't seem like... I mean, I mean... You know, she's on. She's an actress on this TV show. She had a couple, uh, couple episodes. You know, which isn't too, too shabby. But of course, you know, she could do a lot better with eight million dollars. But um, seems to me like she wouldn't necessarily want to give up if acting is her passion. You know, give up acting just because she has this eight million dollars. Um, I'm just wondering what's going on there. Was she really an actress, or is that just a thing she just sort of, you know, did? Because uh, obviously a show like that didn't really call for like great acting skills. You didn't have to go study at uh, great acting school university. Where where where, where is that great acting? Oh, school that's university? in uh, that's in upstate New York. Oh, okay, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no, I uh, uh, I didn't really think about it, but I guess I would say, yeah, she, uh, based on, you know, her actions, um, I'd say that she, uh, she didn't really care that much about her acting career, um, that it was just a vehicle for her to get these diamonds. Do you think Nikki Fernandez was her real name? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Because if I was going to plot someone's murder in, in Grand Theft, I wouldn't want to use my real name. 
No? No. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you're being credited on the TV show. I mean, what, uh, what's, um, okay, well... Well, that's the thing. I feel like if she was really going to, you know, get this job on the TV show, she would have to produce some sort of credentials with her with her real name on it. Um, yeah, at so, the very I mean, least to go to Australia. Yeah, for her passport. Passport. You know. Yeah. Um, and speaking of passport, I did want to mention uh, this little tidbit that uh, when we see Paulo's bag um, in that airport scene, he has a Brazilian passport on his in his bag. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It it was like. It basically said, you know, Brazilian passport, but it said it in Portuguese. So, mm-hmm. passport de de ao, whatever, de de Brasilia, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. So, I we know for sure that. that he's Brazilian, or, or at least got a passport from there. Yeah. yeah. If there was any doubt, if anyone doubted. I'm looking at you, somebody. Um... Anyway, the whole Nikki thing, of course, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, she's buried alive. But uh, I was just thinking about that because, they, you know, they don't really go into her real backstory. They just go into, you know, a couple days or weeks before the, you know, before that fateful flight. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I don't know. I guess, I guess I'd like to think, uh, yeah, I, I guess I agree that she, or what did you say? What was your thought? Uh, that, that she didn't, uh... She wasn't yeah. really an actress. She did, yeah, I mean, she, she didn't care that much about the acting thing. Um, I think, you know, I still think there's stuff to explore with Nikki and Paolo. I mean, I think even the little thing is to how did they know Zuckerman had that, you know, that much money? Uh, because, you know, he's a, um, he seems to be a, he, well, he seemed to be a director, but then he's credited for creating all these shows... Um, so, you know, I guess that would make him sort of a writer or some sort of producer, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or I guess, I guess they didn't necessarily say that he created those shows, right? They just connected him to those shows? Uh, what did he say? I don't remember, but I can do a search. I don't remember. Suck. Oh, dear. Oh, here it is, here it is. Um... Yeah. Oh, it was from the paper article. English expat Howard L. Zuckerman, the creative force behind such hit shows as Exposition. Okay, so it says creative force. So he's Mm -hmm. basically the show creator. uh, Yeah. Executive producer type. I guess I would say he's something like um, J.J. Abrams, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see him coming in and directing something, especially like the uh, yeah. the season finale. The finale, so. yeah. So maybe he's, yeah, that's that's how I would guess. Um, but yeah, but you know, a little thing like that, like how did she, how did she, they ever find out that uh, you know he he um, not only had the diamonds, but you know why go after him? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the 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 fact that he is from England uh, might tie him to Desmond and or Charlie at some point, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe you know the, the Widmore family. Um, so there's still some there's still some 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 stuff they could do with that. Yeah. True. Um, do you have anything else to go over? Uh, I don't think so. I have something. To say that I think we were supposed to say at the beginning, um, to talk about the contest. Oh shit! 
Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to do it at the very beginning, and, um... I forgot about the contest. I'm you know what else I meant to do at the beginning? What? Razzle uh, Dazzle. I meant... Well, yeah. But after that, I meant to, uh... I meant to introduce who we were and say our names and stuff. But. Yes. Um, for those who don't know or are confused, I know Justin and I don't make it clear who, which voice belongs to which name, um, but the voice you are listening to right now is Claude. So um, get that in your head so then you know. Um, and Justin, you can go and speak and so they can hear your voice and that they know who's who. Forget. I'm the voice that you were not listening to just now, but rather, I'm Justin. Nice. Um, generally speaking, I'm the guy who does the intro, um, the Welcome to the Lost Lowdown Podcast 26. Sound familiar? Yeah, that's my voice, um, and that's Claude, so you guys can generally tell. And Justin is the guy who goes, hey, <laughs> during the intro. He's the hey guy and answer boy. Our question boy, sorry. Question boy, please. Get it right. You're answer man. I am answer well, man. Well, I'm a boy, but whatever. Well, you know, I don't know either. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I I take a little bit of a um, less active role at times. But, uh, but oh, I, I want to mention for all you big fans, Podcast 50, I will do the intro. So yes. Get ready for that. <laughs> Um, Justin has done the intro to the Lost Lowdown once before, uh, and, uh, said he would do it, the next time he would do it would be podcast number 50, uh, and I'm sure at the time he had no idea that we would even do 50 podcasts. No. But, um... <laughs> I was joking, but, uh... But I guarantee you, when podcast 50 comes, as long as we remember, um, yeah. <laughs> Justin's gonna do the intro. Yeah, and really, I mean, you know, as long as they have season four, we really should get there. So um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you can look forward to that. So uh, look forward to podcast fifty, guys. It's only uh, what fourteen more away. Maybe I'll even try to more, like. Should say twenty four more away. Like, be the guy who says what happens in the episode. That'd be really hard. Oh, be the guy who rambles on about this scene by scene? Yeah, like describes all the scenes, you know, you usually do. Yeah, you should do that, because I'm tired of it. And you can be comic bored. Oh, you're tired of it? Yeah. You think I want to talk that long? Jeez, what am I, (laughs) talk boy? I'm talk boy and you're comment guy. There we go. Well, at least you're the boy this time. I'm the boy this time. I am. I am. Talk boy. I think the boy is whoever gets the thing the most. Oh, okay. So you get the questions the most, because mm-hmm. uh, I usually ask you the questions, uh, and then I I get the answers, so mm-hmm. that's why I'm answer man, and then I do the episode, what did I call myself? Talk boy? Talk okay. boy. That sounds very emasculating. <laughs> <laughs> Not only am I a boy, I just talk a lot. Great. Mm-hmm. Put that on my business card. Of course. Um, okay, so about the contest, of course you guys all remember our little uh, 30 post challenge that you guys uh, won with Flying Colors. Uh, we Yay. got 30, 30 unique posts, 30 of you guys out there. Um, and it was great. What what was the final tally? We had like 156, I think, post overall, 158 or something. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was 156, and then someone else came and posted, and it went up to 158. But uh, oh, okay. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah, that that was a huge post count. Um, came down to 30 posters exactly, not including us. Yeah. Um, so not including us. I think one or two of you were posting more than once. Uh, yeah, I think somebody was. I'm looking at you, 420 Brownie, uh, and you, 419 Brownie. Um, <laughs> you two people should uh, merge back into one person. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. That, I'd like to see that, if you do that. <laughs> I need to record it and put it on YouTube. That'd be cool. Um... So yeah, uh, basically you guys won, so you des- you will get a prize, and yay. there's been yay for prizes, because um, we're givers at the Lost Lowdown. I'm turning into a cheering boy. No, no, you're cheering baby. Cheering baby. Yeah. Sorry, I'm you're not even a boy baby. anymore. I'm a baby. Yeah, you're a baby. Sorry. Yay. I, you know, I don't write the rules, um, except for that rule. I wrote that one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, like I said, you guys won. You'll be getting a prize. Um, you guys suggested a lot of good ideas for what the prize should be. Uh, some of the top four runners, uh, front runners. Um, <laughs> I like that. The top four runners. The top four runners. I don't even know what that means. Because forerunner is a word, but it's yeah. like you just meant the top four runners. The top four runners. Well, if I name four things, then that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. No, I won't name four things because there's only three top front runners. Oh, um, <laughs> I thought you were going to do four. And, okay. No, no, I meant front runners. Thanks for yeah. pointing out my uh, ignorance. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. No problem. I will be sure to return uh, the action in kind very shortly. Thank you, sir. Checks in the mail. It's not a threat. It's a promise. And I keep my promises. If you didn't keep them, they wouldn't be a promise. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to that school of thought. Thank you. You don't subscribe to a lot of things. I think I do subscribe to a lot of things, actually. Yeah, well. Not enough. What is enough? Enough is... Okay, this, this has to end. <laughs> I can't yeah, I was wondering if you were going to... Uh, hey, you want to go toe-to-toe, buddy? You no, asked for it. No. You put your, hey, you put your hat in the ring. You I threw your hat it. in the ring... And I'm, I saw I'm, your hat, and I picked up your hat, and I put your hat on my head, and I said, bring it. I'm, I'm not withdrawing my hat from the ring. The ha- I have your hat. You can't take your hat back. It's, I, t- I took the hat. It's okay. on my head. So what well, are you going to do? You're just going to leave without your hat? You're going to pull You're gonna pull a Juliet? Yes. <laughs> an Apollo and just leave without the thing you came with? Yes, I believe I am. I'm going to have to buy a new hat. You will, because it's 1942, and you cannot walk around without a hat. It simply isn't right. It isn't right. It's not what gentlemen folk do. Um, okay. No lady will ever speak to you like that. No lady. How dare she? I think Nikki would, because she's of that ilk. She's Ooh. one of the lower class. Yes. Um, mm. <laughs> all right. That's enough of that. Uh, nothing she wrong with She wears a one-piece swimsuit. I mean, a two. Fuck. Never mind. Yeah. Way to go. You, should, you, should, you know what you should do for a living? You should write jokes. And better than that, you should do stand-up so it's live. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. You, you, I think you're good at that. Yeah, my thing could be I get up and, like, say the wrong word and then say, fuck. That would have been a good joke, right, guys? And then they all look at me and then I hear crickets and then I cry. And 
And then they laugh. Then they laugh. And then you're like, hey, look, that was my show. Yeah, and then I become an international success. And Yep. And then uh, I don't know what else because I can't make shit up. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by proving the point, you proved the point. Um, that was weird. Um, uh, that was really weird. My head is spinning. Not literally. So, like I've been trying to say for like ten minutes here, um, one of the one of the top uh, ideas we really like is the, the A to Z uh, podcast. Basically, uh, we pick a, a, a lost related topic uh, for every letter of the alphabet and then talk about it. Um, the other thing uh, is uh, for us to do a live podcast where you guys can listen in as we're recording it, um, and. Live, 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 lost, lost, low down, low down, low down with Claude, Justin, Justin, Justin. Um, and presumably you guys will be able to, uh, there will be sections of that pot of, of the aforementioned live podcast where you'll be able to um, talk to us and uh, give us your comments or, or answer some questions that we might throw out there. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun uh, and very interesting and very technically challenging too, to a certain degree. Uh, and so Justin and I will need to figure out how best to go about uh, something like that. But it is a good idea. And the other idea we like is a commentary podcast uh, where we would basically um, talk about an episode as we watch the episode. Um, so those are the ideas. Um, I guess Justin and I have, have decided that what we're going to do as your prize is uh, the, uh, a live podcast, right, Justin? Mm-hmm. So, as yay! of now... Yay! There he is. Um, a little late. <laughs> the baby had his bottle in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the baby was occupied. baby was occupied Um, What was I saying? Okay. Uh, yeah, so we're going to... We decided we're going to do the live podcast, uh, and we decided... We're going to do it for next week's episode, or should I say <laughs> the episode in a couple days, um, which is Left Behind. Um, so I guess we don't, we haven't, we don't really know when we're going to do it. Probably on Saturday, right? Maybe? That's probably the best time. Oh, for the live thing? For the live. I thought podcast. you were just asking when should we do the podcast. Um, I was like, should we really plan that right now? Uh, okay, the live one, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and like, why Saturday? Why not Thursday? Um, yeah, Saturday's probably better for most people, right? Uh, those of you who um, work, that is. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at you, 420. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I don't know why you would insinuate that 420 you... brownie does not work. That is very mean and insensitive. Um... I no, I don't intend to suggest that just because <laughs> Just um, because what, Justin? Just because what? <laughs> just because you enjoy brownies at four twenty in the afternoon yes. does not mean that you can't hold down a steady job or raise a family. Although I'd like to say if you're constantly eating brownies at four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, you should be working if you have a job. You brought so. them to work. Brought the brownies to work? Okay. Mm-hmm. You bake them the night before. Bake them the, of course you bake them the night before. Yeah. Of course you do. Of course. You bake them the night before so you can go to work and 
get baked. I mean, eat your brownies. Oh, 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 what are Whoa. you saying? Oh, shit, what you happened? Know, okay. I, I slipped. It slipped. Nothing. Slip I didn't see tongue. anything. I didn't see it either. <laughs> Did anybody see it? <laughs> I didn't see it. Oh, God. And if you did see it, go see your local doctor. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong if you saw what I said. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so... So, yeah, oh, right. The point was supposed to be uh, uh, Saturday is a good day Yes. to do a live podcast. Okay, so, guys, here's the deal. Tentatively, <laughs> I know you guys are all waiting for us to actually say something here. <laughs> it's been like three hours and you're like, God, when are they going to make a point? Mm-hmm. Um, this Saturday, April 7th, uh, is the tentative date for our podcast. Of course, go to thelostloadon.blogspot.com uh, to stay abreast of exactly when we're going to do it. And um, for What are you laughing at? Abreast. Oh, uh, I can't say that? You can. I just gave you four points. Oh, four points for saying abreast. Wow, mm-hmm. who knew? I don't get to hear that one very often. I know it, but it's, you know, it's, I can't remember the last time I heard abreast used legitimately. Legitimately. Wow. Wow. So, um, not legitimately. So, uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> I give you four points for legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Now we're even, I don't know. Um, well, glad, yeah, I'm glad uh, abreast, yeah, it just, just came out, it yeah, fits. It's not um, a huge one, but it's just a nice. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, like I said, stay stay tuned to the website. We would obviously post, uh, you know, uh, the specific details about about that next uh, podcast. Um, the other thing we want to mention is if you are not subscribed to our Lost Lowdown feed, uh, please do so at this time. Uh, if you listen to us from the the, the Lost Podcast Network, um, you should switch over to our um, our feed, uh, our feed burner feed, which you can find the link to on our webpage. Um, so do that uh, because I believe uh, after this podcast, we're not going to be on the LPN anymore, right? That's right. Um, actually, this was supposed to be the first one not on the LPN, I think. Um, but I think we'll put this one on the LPN as the last one. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. This will okay. be the last one because we didn't give you a warning last podcast. Yeah, no, forgot about it completely. Yeah, so um, do us a favor and do that. Um, there's also a new um, feed that you guys can subscribe to us for um, from. Subscribe to us with, is it from? Via, maybe via. <laughs> maybe that's better. Uh, I like that better. Um, and um, it's a new one, uh, the uh, tentatively titled KLST 108 K Lost 108 FM. It's a new uh, network of, po- of Lost podcast, uh, and uh, I don't know the link offhand, uh, the, the feed link, uh, so we'll post it on our website. Uh, and if so, if you guys want to use that too. KLST morning with uh yeah I don't know those things are so weird those those yeah. promo things are always so weird they are. but um okay I think we're done yeah what do you think I would tend to agree um 
Yeah, I think we're done. I think this was uh, a, a pretty good episode. You know, like I said, my biggest gripe was uh, I felt the ending was a little too cruel. But mm-hmm. I still think it was well done, well written, well played. And um, Razzle Dazzle. Ra- hey, Razzle Dazzle was the best thing of the episode. Um, it will always be, um, you know, Nikki will have a place in my heart for Razzle Dazzle. <laughs> Um, yeah, that might have been her peak. That might have been. What What else would you suggest was her peak? Um, <laughs> Please, give me one other suggestion. All right, yeah, that was her peak. Okay, thank you. Because um, that's definitely her peak. Um, maybe that's what we should do, too. We could... Um, we could do a podcast where we just uh, we talk about like the best moments of every character, mm-hmm. uh, because every character has has had at least one really good moment. Yeah, um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I mean, Claire gets points for maternity leave. You know, she gets points for being in a good episode. Yeah, but she, I don't know if she's specifically done anything great. She. Oh, you herself? know, you know what her peak is? I think her peak what? was. Uh, um, when she's arguing with, with Christian and, you know, she sort of tells him off and then she leaves and then comes oh. back to tell him something else. I, I really like that. I think that that might have been the single best thing she's ever done. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Like, her, her herself, maybe yeah, so. Yeah, her herself. Maybe so. Because she's been involved with all kinds of great stuff. But yeah. It hasn't really been about her, per se. It's really just, um, you know, her baby, I guess. The baby. The baby. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, and I got some more shit to say. <laughs> you know what I just realized, <laughs> which has been really weird, is if, um, you know how Claire's hair was, was, was dyed black for a lot of her flashback that one episode? Yeah. It'd be, it'd be really interesting if she kept dyeing her hair up until the point that the plane crashed. And so by now, like, her roots would be growing back, and so mm-hmm. her hair would look really, really ridiculous. Like, it'd be, like, black and then, like, this, like, you know, a couple inches of blonde. And it just, like, it would just be weird to see her like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yikes. She she stopped dyeing her hair at a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been, um, yeah, the transition period would have been really rough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess she probably would have cut it short at some point. Um, yeah. To avoid that awful, uh, <laughs> or maybe, happened. or maybe her hair would have just she would have kept dyeing it on the island. Like, thank God for hair dye smugglers. Oh God, <laughs> there's enough here to last seventy years. <laughs> oh no, even yeah, that's the thing. Dharma brand hair dye <laughs> from the from the drop. Oh okay, yeah, right. They could have had the. And it's the right color. And, and then that would have sparked all kinds of controversy. Did did Desmond, did, you know, did uh, did uh, Rosinski dye his hair? Did did Inman Ooh. dye his hair? Like, what's going on with that? And that would have opened all a, a can of worms that uh, no one wants to eat. Mm-mm. Wait, what? What? <laughs> Who wants to eat worms? <laughs> Remember that book, How to Eat Fried Worms? I certainly do. Yeah, childhood classic. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's it. Classic. We're apparently out of things to talk about. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, we're talking about childhood books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, um... Yeah, that's... We save that for the, uh, for the childhood book podcast. We really should. We really should save. Just, just save all that. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, anything you want to win American Idol? What? Who do you want to win American Idol? Who do I want to win? Mm-hmm. How about Kelly Clarkson? Can she oh, okay. can she come back and win? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think she's the best. Um, okay. Out of out of the people I've seen, and of course I don't really watch American Idol, but I have I have seen it uh, like every episode ever. No, um, <laughs> I don't watch it. <laughs> um. I'm not really. I'm not really vying for anybody. Actually, you know, I'm not really. I'm not really uh, sucked into it as some people might be. Some people who might Ooh. be. Who might? Who I might be podcasting with right now. Some. Some people. Um. On an, on an unrelated note, who do you want to win American Idol? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, I don't actually have a favorite either. I just like to watch the show, and I was pretty much kidding when I asked the question, but uh, I'm glad you answered anyway. Of course. Um, so there's nobody you would call in and vote for if you actually cared to call in and vote. No, not really. Um, I'm not. I'm not really blown away with anybody. Um, I think some are better than others, but uh, there's nobody I would really want to vote for. Yeah. Um, even if I did, I mean, like if I had to vote, maybe I could pick somebody. But I don't know. Nobody's moving me to vote. <laughs> well, there's some legislation in the Senate right now where every American has to vote for American Idol. <laughs> so pretty soon it's gonna be it's gonna be law that you'll have to vote for American Idol. Wow. So um, you better figure out who you're gonna vote for because uh, those those bills just fly through the Senate pretty quickly mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> of course. You know. Of course. Yeah. Um, now it was uh, right, it was suggested to me that we should just talk about other shows out of nowhere. I don't know. So anyway, I just had to bring that up. That was suggested to you. Mm-hmm. By whom? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Someone who listens to the podcast. Oh, they they suggested that we talk about other other shows. Yeah, like devote like a five minute segment. Oh really? You know, it's funny you say that because I I started I was just thinking that this is turning into like Mr. Show. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Podcast. Sorry, <laughs> not Mr. Show because that's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, um, and why someone would suggest we spend five minutes talking about other shows? I don't know why they would do that. Say that other than me either. It's crazy. It's a great. I suggested idea. Mr. Podcast would be the place to do that. That is the place to do that. But whoever that person was apparently got their wish because we definitely have been talking about other shows. And all of our lost listeners are wondering when they could stop listening to the podcast because they're busy at work. They've got their spreadsheets. Um, and we haven't those, talked uh, about lost for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, those those cells and rows and columns really won't fill in themselves. Um, you know. I, I just have one word to say to all you Excel users. Macros. Yeah. They save your life. I have, I have one thing to say for all you Excel users out there. Um, auto width for Ooh. your columns, lifesaver, lifesaver. If you're trying to get all your if you're trying to get all your columns to be the same same size, highlight the cells you want, and then go and uh, and do um, format cell, and then auto width. <laughs> Boom, they're all uh, they're all there. Wow. That's great. That's great. Uh, hints and tips with Claude. Hints and tips with Claude. Hey, I won't even charge you. Wow. 
Henson says to Claude, he won't even charge you. Though I will take your money if you decide to send it to me. Oh no, it's getting too long. <laughs> uh, just use an acronym. Which I would not want to figure out. All right, let's end the let's end the podcast. <laughs> All right, sounds like a plan. Um, thanks for listening, guys. As usual, um, and remember, stay tuned for our live podcast this Saturday, April seventh. Um, definitely come and comment on our page, thelostlowdown.blogspot.com. Feel free to email us at lostlowdown at gmail dot com. And thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck.